0: Shooter's Radio <laughs> Universe! <laughs> it's a new day! Yes, it is! I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me
1: mad now.
0: You know, you got a bicycle! Feeling good. All well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. we are
2: riding a bicycle in this arena?
3: With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. I don't know
0: where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring.
3: Smile at you and kick your face off. I down with
0: that the man! But I don't like it when things aren't going my way Don't
4: do dare be sour
0: He don't know nothing else But <laughs> he you
3: know that wrestling bro. <laughs>
0: give me that hell yeah I said give me a hell yeah
2: <laughs> What's up everybody and welcome to a fest of 2021 edition of the Straight Shooters, I put together this compilation of some of this year's best moments as we head to 2022. 2021 certainly was a year of not only deep dives of wrestling, pay-per-view events, and movies but also some exclusive interviews and live commentaries of AEW and NXT specials that you won't hear anywhere else. You'll hear that old-school ECW static transition in between these highlights, and you can check the timestamps for each segment in our episode info on whatever podcast platform you're using right now. First, we started our deep dive of the 1991 Royal Rubble and paranoid macho man Randy Savage.
3: So now we go backstage again where Sean Mooney is talking to Randy Savage. I guess he's just been
2: chilling in his locker room since then.
3: <laughs> right, even though you they know watched, they, what's the watched name Chasing? Coco,
2: they watched Coco versus the Mountie in the locker room.
3: And they had to watch it. it. But I want to see this match there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, i <laughs> I want Triple H all of a sudden. <laughs> the Macho Man wants to watch Coco be wearing the Mountie. <laughs> This bounty looks really
2: familiar. Right. <laughs> I'm trying not to find out somewhere. who he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm suspicious of him.
3: <laughs> he looks real suspicious there. Okay, no. <laughs> imagine, imagine Randy Savage seeing like people in New gimmicks and being like, oh he looks familiar.
2: <laughs> I, I, I know that face somewhere." Be like roasted he, he would be the guy too because he was so right? like just the stories we hear about him. Like, he would be that guy,
3: right? Just, just like I'm checking you out here, Max Moon. Who are you? Uh,
2: do you know Mr. Fuji?
3: <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody else <laughs> that he would have been around for <laughs> different gimmicks. <laughs> In, I in think that
2: Was this the Mounties Like first foray back Since the R- Rougeau know. brothers Cause I don't know Like That's I only question. knew The Mountie as the Mountie Before the Like I didn't know The Rougeau brothers Back then so
3: That's a good question yeah. a Very good question Oh I've seen this Texas tornado Somewhere on <laughs> In Texas actually <laughs> Ironically in Texas I think he had a couple brothers
2: or something What's like that. What's he doing in Miami? Huh? Yeah. <laughs>
3: He's a Texas tornado. <laughs> He's just mad. <laughs> Ooh, I know. I know that face somewhere. <laughs> like Randy, it's just me. It's it's Carrie Von Eric <laughs> or the, 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 the the Von Eric family. <laughs> well, it's me. It's Jacques Rougeau. Isn't, wasn't it Jacques Rougeau? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's, Jacques, it's, it's me, Jacques Rougeau. Like. You know me, right? <laughs>
2: like, Where's your brother at?
3: <laughs> right,
2: he's, not, he's, not right, yo. he's not here right now. Uh, no, he's not here right now. I don't believe you. <laughs> 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 oh is, is my God. Macho Man good? I don't know. I feel like it's good. Yeah, Macho
3: Man's good. All right, it's pretty see. good. It's better than mine. I made him sound like Triple H <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to Macho Man, though. We've been talking about him the whole time. Not only really back to him, we've been talking about him this whole time. But he's cutting his promo with Sean Mooney, and that's when you hear a pounding on the door. Boom, boom, boom. It's clearly Ultimate Warrior, who clearly <laughs> caught up to Randy Savage because he probably said his name on the door outside the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, here he is. Let me in. And as soon as he starts pounding on the door, Savage and Sherry just haul ass out of there. <laughs> didn't want nothing to do with Savage or a Warrior. <laughs> Sean Mooney just stays. Like he, you know,
2: he, he stared at the door, like it's gonna stop.
3: Like if, if Ultimate Warrior opens that door and sees somebody, he might just <laughs> eat him right then and there. Like you better get out of there too, Sean Mooney. There's no telling what's gonna happen. He's gonna summon the power of the Warriors, and that might be it for you. It might be Titans for you, That's Sean it. Mooney. <laughs> so run away like you're yellow, like the rest of them. <laughs> it just so happened the same day that Blaustein was at Titan Tower. Was the same day that Draz Dan Drozdov
4: mm.
3: was there for a meeting with Vince McMahon, and they talked about how, you know, Drazdov went from a football player for the Denver Broncos. Where I I forgot about that. I forgot he played football for the Broncos. I, you forgot? That's what, oh wow. I did. I didn't. I forgot until I watched this documentary again. But <laughs> he went from a Broncos player to pro wrestler, and eventually, when he's trying to get into pro wrestling. A word gets to Vince McMahon that draws can essentially puke on command. And, of course, this means, for for whatever reason, in Vince McMahon's mind, this means money. <laughs> <laughs> he had dollar signs in his eyes when he heard that. And that's the thing with Vince. You can't tell him anything. No hidden talents, no hobbies, because he's going to make it your wrestling character on TV. Ask Bob Holly. <laughs> When he told Vince McMahon, yeah, I, I mean, I worked on cars sometimes, like you're a stock car driver now. I was like, What? <laughs> you're Thurman Spocky Plug, get out of here. Go ahead and make me some money. <laughs> like <laughs> And I and I watched that um that movie that you put out, the main event, with uh, like this little kid who becomes a wrestler and it's got Kofi Kingston in it, and it's got Keith Lee in it. Keith Lee is not Keith Lee, he's a fictional character. But this fictional character's gimmick is that he can sing. It's like Keith oh, Lee man. should take every, exactly, should take every copy of this movie. It's on Netflix. He can't take every copy. <laughs> it's, on, it's on digital Parent, streaming platforms. Parental
2: controls on Vincent's uh, Netflix account. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Don't tell him the password. Because if Vince gets a glimpse of, uh, of Keith Lee singing, he might make him like a Barry White type of character. It's like, oh no. Uh, don't be surprised if it happens in a couple of years. You heard it here first. All right.
2: But and you know, that might bring the casuals in. How crazy is that? You <laughs> never know. Wild. You never know.
3: <laughs> That'd be wild. If Keith Lee is out here getting his Gerald LaVert on. <laughs> on raw. And that's what makes people want to watch. I getting his Luther Vandross. That's
2: a 5.0 ratings.
3: Yeah. Right. I don't think it's like get carried away. <laughs> They'd be happy with two million people watching. That's true. Back to back, back to the Monday Night Wars numbers. <laughs> Keith Lee would stop wrestling at that point and he'd just become a he singer. <laughs> like, yeah. just just go on tour, bro. Right, just go on tour. Just go on tour. If you get WWE, you sell some records at this at this thing. <laughs> but in Draws's case, it was puking on command, and Vince heard this and literally literally named him. Puke. And he said, it's not just puke, you know, it's not just puke, okay? It's puke. Huh? <laughs> huh? You like that, huh? Vince. Vince is wild, bro. Vince's idea tell.
2: was. Go ahead. I was going to say, you could tell, like, he was so. He was enjoying this so much. Like, and I don't think he was, like, putting on anything. I think he legitimately no. was, like,. Yeah, puke has a nice connotation to it. <laughs> like animal, <laughs> hawk, and puke. Puke. Like, he, fit, he fit right in, man. He fit right in. He fit in, right in. in.
3: Vince's idea for puke was that he would just pretty much puke on people yeah. for his matches and referees. That's like- disgusting. <laughs> yeah, referees ring announcers, and once you puke on someone, then they would say
2: your name. Puke. He's
3: like, what?
2: You got to have Vince it has this
3: all mapped out in his
2: head. What is up in his head? You got to have her all ref all his matches.
3: Oh, my God. I don't, no, in a hazmat
2: suit? <laughs> like, what? He'd probably be a better ref in a hazmat suit. Than...
3: Uh, maybe, maybe, but what is wrong with Vince McMahon? That's the <laughs> that's the question here. Is, we got a good glimpse of that
2: <laughs> uh, when he, he met with Puke. Thr- just, oh.
3: He is what they say he is throwed off. Like, what is wrong with him? He's shot out. What? He, that's, that's what you came up with? This is your money-making idea, <laughs> like <laughs>
2: puke. Sometimes the simplest and, ideas are the best.
4: I
3: guess no, it, I don't to
2: know mention, who I'm not, trying to be. I, I, should, I should have just used my normal voice. What the hell was that? That wasn't even Vince. <laughs> right? it wasn't even Macho Man. Like, what the hell?
3: I don't know what that was. That, that was something. I just let it slide. I wasn't going to say nothing. <laughs> I was going to let you have that one. You're too nice. Too nice. <laughs> not only is it disgusting to puke on people every night. I don't think it's the healthiest thing to do, because if before you vomit, your mouth and your stomach is aligned with acid, because it's not with acid, like it, it aligns, it, it's acid. It's acidic vomit. And That's why when before you puke, your your you feel your like your jaw inner jaw like it's like a lining in it. That's protects your inner mouth from acid. The acidity of vomit. So he's just doing this every night. That can't be good. Oh, I don't think. I can't you would think. It's probably dehydrated and stuff like that's not good. I don't know. It's just not good. And like you said, Vince, puke has a nice connotation to it. It's like, what and what and who said that? Puke is good. Puke is nice. What? It fits our WWF attitude. What are you saying, Vince McMahon? What part of the attitude is somebody vomiting on command every night? Mind you, Vince is like 52. <laughs> like, he's not like a frat boy or something. Like, it's not like he's like in college thinking of this stuff. He is a grown man, businessman.
2: Billionaire. A successful at one
3: point. at that. <laughs> right, like millions of dollars worth of money. He could have retired right then and there and been made. Instead, he's still working to this day. So, of course, because Vince is, this, is, is a crazy person, he's like, all right. Oh, you're good. Well, I got one thing for you. And he reaches back behind his desk and grabs a, a bin, a trash bin, a trash can. And like, I got a one more crash for you here. And he puts the can on his desk and hands it to and It's like I want you to puke right now. Not only is Vince, of course, there. Also, Shane McMahon and Jr. are there. They didn't ask for this, <laughs> right? They're sitting there like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do this now. And of course, Vince and his just, he's just wild. He's a wild boy. He coaches draws to puke right in front of him. He coaches him, huh? Huh? You gonna do that? Huh? Huh? Like he literally said, huh, like five times. Huh? Huh? You, you ready? You gonna, you think you're gonna? You feeling sick? Huh? Huh? Is he gonna? Is, it, is he's gonna puke? And that's like the legendary scene of Beyond the Mat. Like, if you, if anybody references one scene of Beyond the Matt, it's Vince McMahon's meeting with Darren Drostoff because he's gonna puke. Ah, ah ha, 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 ha. he just and Drost because he, I guess he didn't eat anything that day or but it got he a really little teeny bit up. Yeah. which is like that's fine, Drost. Like it's okay, bro. Like, it don't worry.
2: Laughing like a hyena, he's like ah. Ha, 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 ha.
3: He thought it was the funniest.
4: Ah,
3: ah, 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 like, big, hearty laugh, mouth wide open, teeth glaring. Like, this is the funniest thing Vince did all day. What is wrong with this? Something wrong with him.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
3: <laughs> like, when you really think about it, there's something wrong with Vince. There's something wrong with But, I mean, after all that, Draz gets a contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <He, laughs> He impressed Vince enough to sign a deal and good for Dan off. He achieved his dream of becoming a pro wrestler. He calls his mom and even told her his new name. He's like, Yeah, uh yeah, I'm puke. <laughs> and she's she was like, What? <laughs> All right, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, they're paying you. All right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's all I care about. Full, you going to be on full, TV? Full time? full time? Okay. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to tell my my friends at church that my son is a wrestler named Puke, but <laughs> look, if you're happy, if you like it, I love it. You know, like, so, yeah, whatever, you know. As long as the check says Dan Drozdoff on it, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so it, it, was, it was kind of a touching moment, you know, to see yeah. someone's dream comes true. And it, was, and it was kind of a sad moment. It's kind of bittersweet knowing what happens to his career in hindsight that it ended. Yeah abruptly and his life changed mm-hmm. abruptly and dramatically since then because now he's he's paralyzed so mm-hmm. uh that's unfortunate but it was you know at least in that moment it was a nice touching moment go back to 1999 where philadelphia hosted one and only to date hopefully that'll change soon it's one and only wrestlemania me and nick was sitting on the podcast for a while uh, meaning that we might we're thinking WrestleMania's gonna come back in 2026 because it's like the was it the 250th anniversary of the country, and we already got the baseball All-Star Game coming that year, so we're hoping crossing fingers that they'll bring in WrestleMania that year too. But for now, we got 1999. We got March 28, 1999, at the what at the time was known as the First Union Center, now it's known as the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit as well. But Brian let's talk about you for a second. <laughs> where was kind of talk about what, where you were in your life at that point, heading into WrestleMania, you know, just kind of take me back into your mind at that time, heading into it before WrestleMania even happens. Cause you know, it's in your hometown, you know, you got a lot going on with, you got a match to worry about. Talk, talk to us about your mind, state of mind heading into WrestleMania back in 99.
5: 99. It was, it was interesting because, uh, you know, I come into WWE uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm indoctrinated indoctrinated into WWE through the job squad with Al Snow, Scorpio, Bob Holly, Gilbert, Gilbert. And, uh, you know, you know, the job squad was doing pretty good. And then, uh, somewhere along the line, uh, they start breaking up the job squad. Uh, you know, uh, Scorpio, uh, got released, uh, which, It sucks for him, but in a way, it kind of works out for me because then they start putting me on the house show loops, teaming with Bob Holly as a member of the job squad. And, you know, as a young kid, you know, being on the road for WWE and back, you know, I don't know how it is now, but back then, if you were in WWE, you wanted to be on those house show loops because that's where you made the real money. You know, people are like, oh, you're on TV. You're making money. No, you make money going to live events. So I I was doing pretty good. Yeah, I was teaming with Bob every night wrestling edge and Christian, uh, and leaning up to it. Like I said, they start breaking up the, uh, job squad. And I, I was just trying to find my way. So when, uh, you know, they did the angle where gold dust stole Al Snow's head. And I'm like, Oh man, uh, uh, you know, they're breaking up the job squad. It's an opportunity for me to get back into the fold. So I go to, to Vince Russo and I pitch, Hey, Goldust stole Al Snow's head. I'm with Al Snow in the job squad. ECW, I was Blue Dust. Now, Goldust is the character that is the uh, that plays the mind games. What if I bring back Blue Dust and play mind games with the guy who plays mind games in order to get Al Snow's head back? <laughs> and I, I watched him process it and he he started chewing his gum and he was like, Yeah, bro, yeah. And then he pitched <laughs> it and he was like, Yeah, you're gonna do it. And then I I you know I had a you know, a match with um, match against gold dust at st valentine's day massacre in memphis and uh that that it's a february 14th uh, yeah. In, uh memphis yeah yep. you know, st been,
3: valentine's day massacre we talked about that in the podcast a couple weeks back around yeah, valentine's day
5: i've yeah, been yeah. Hit, i had a lot so uh i did i did, I've, i have sometimes i i'm getting to the age where i have to say things out loud to remember them. uh <laughs> So, hence, you know, I start having this few, mini feud with Goldust, and then we turn around and start uh, teaming, which, you know, leads me into WrestleMania, where, like, you know, if I hadn't pitched that idea where I feud with Goldust, it might not have led into me eventually teaming with Goldust, and, uh, you know, which led to me, you know, being in Goldust's corner going into WrestleMania, which was, you know, when you, you know, there's certain feelings you remember. Like, I remember when I you know, first got signed by WWE, the electricity that went through my body. I, as soon as I hung up that phone and was able to go to the next room and tell my folks to put all the bills in my name. Because, and, and, you know, when I found out, you know, we're going to be a part of WrestleMania and it's in my hometown of Philadelphia in front of, you know, friends and family, there's a, a jolt that goes through you, you know, it's, it's like, you know, any scene out of a movie, you know, you have, you know, And in some ways you could say, oh, if that was in the movie, it'd be too corny. But it was my movie moment. So uh, I like it. (laughs) So, yeah, going up to that, you know, you just sometimes, you know, around this time of year, I reflect on WrestleMania's past, whether it's the first time I ever went to a WrestleMania. Like, you know, I watched the first three on close circuit with my grandfather at resorts in Atlantic City, went to four and five uh, by myself but my grandpa got sweet tickets cause he worked for Trump Plaza. And then, you know, the first time I watched WrestleMania, in my home live was WrestleMania six. Cause you know, that was like the pay-per-view had been around, but I hadn't had a reason to get a WWE pay-per-view until, or WrestleMania on pay-per-view until WrestleMania six. So, you know, flash forward, you know, Nine years, and then you know, from watching it you on know, pay per view of WrestleMania 6, and now I'm going to be on WrestleMania 15. It's it's so bizarre, it's kind of like it's like my Vince Papali moment, you know.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Obviously, like you said, it's a big deal. You grew up here, you're a 444 fan, you grew for all the teams, Then yep. you also worked for the promotion that was like pretty much a fifth favorite, everybody's fifth favorite team here in, in, in Philly and ECW. So, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a dope Ooh. moment. That's a dope moment that a lot of wrestlers don't get, especially not just out of WrestleMania, but also your, your WrestleMania in your hometown. Like, how many and, people can say that?
5: And it makes you think, man, because, you know, there's so many wrestlers from Philly and uh, a lot of wrestlers I consider more talented than myself who never had the opportunity. So, you know, the other day I posted, uh, you know, my memory of being at WrestleMania 15 and, uh, Tom Brandy, Sal Sincere, reached out with a text saying, hey, happy WrestleMania Day, man. You know, and, and Tom Brandy is a guy who, you know, when I was just a fan, I was thinking about becoming a wrestler. I met Tom Brandy at a convention. I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting into the wrestling business. How old are you? And I I think I was 17 at the time. He's like, oh, it's perfect. You go do it, you know, and he gave me that motivation. And we're still friends all these years later.
2: Do you think he was sincere about it? <laughs>
5: Sincere. i'll uh, uh i'll take yeah. five no, <laughs> way out. sit this one out uh no no but steer, seriously you think about all the opportunities i've had and then you know of other people who would kill to be in that moment and you just it makes you appreciate the opportunity to have like a, a storybook moment in your career i debuted for ecw in philly debuted for wwe in philly my wrestlemania moments in philly you know, the only thing that would have topped it off is if I could have come back, came back to the Rumble in Philly. You yeah. know, that,
3: that should have happened too. WWE dropped the ball on that, by
5: the way. Nope. It almost happened, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, c'est la vie. Yeah.
3: They had two chances <laughs> to do it and didn't do it. Damn it, should have happened.
5: So
2: uh, well, they did the uh, job with her. They, we turned on Roman, list. and they would have uh, booed Nakamura.
5: So yeah, it came down to me and Buff. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to step on your joke there, man. I'm sorry. but uh, it, it came down to me and Bubba. They chose Bubba, and I get it. So no hard feelings. Uh, you mentioned you know, you're know you going to be able to
3: have this moment in front of your friends and family. Yeah.
4: What,
3: where was the logistics like of, of taking care of them as far as like tickets and stuff like that? Like what was that all like? I know like when we went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and the players always talk about getting tickets for everybody. It's hectic. You know, I let my, my wife or whoever do that. Um, and I know for me, and I didn't have as many tickets and responsibilities as players. It was still a hectic like 24 hours for me to have to figure everything out. Yeah, like, this is WrestleMania. <laughs> How was it for you trying to take care of everybody and in the lead up to this?
5: It wasn't too bad. Um, I had brought my uh, family to a, a prior just regular house show, and that was that wasn't too bad. Uh, but you know, uh, they had a special. It's funny I was watching it because uh I you know leading up to this I rewatched WrestleMania 15 just to refresh my memory and um, I remember there was like a a family suite uh, like a suite for wives and husbands family whatever and uh after my deal you know I, I washed up and I went up to the uh, the family uh suite that's the word I'm looking for suite and I got up there right in time to see Triple H uh Eternal Next Pac. And like time I watch uh, X Pac versus uh, you know X Pac get turned on by Triple H, I kind of look for yeah. You know, I kind of go, oh yeah, I was sitting right up there uh, watching <laughs> you know just with my family and folks and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, just like certain things bring back certain memories. But uh, the logistics wasn't wasn't too too bad. How how
3: many people did you have? Did you have like thirty forty people there?
5: <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Uh, you know keep it, keep it, you know, I keep my circle small. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too bad. So, uh, thankfully for me, uh, most of my family hated wrestling and made fun of me for liking <laughs> oh wrestling as a kid. So I didn't have to worry about those folks. So, you know, just, you know, media family and stuff like that. So even when you got
3: to WWE, you figure like by the point, by the time you get to WWE, they'd be like, Oh, well maybe
5: this is working out for Brian here. Like I guess see I'll- if you're on the Indies and stuff like that. Maybe they're still scoffing at it, but WWF is a big time. Oh, they liked it, you know, when they can hit me up for money. But, uh, you know, oh, that's great. You're in WWE. Woo. Got five bucks. Uh, but, you know, other than that, you know, the, they still scoffed at it. Oh, it's fake. How can you watch that fake thing? I was like, I don't know. How do you watch TV? Uh, how do you go to the movies? You know, it's it's entertainment, you know. Also, that money is real. Yeah, it was.
3: and nothing fake about that money.
5: Yeah, Uncle Sam got most of it, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Be, it bees that way. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's the one thing people don't realize. you know. Whoever you make in wrestling, take 50% of that and just throw that towards the government and travel and expenses yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's that, that cartoon where the guy's pulling out the, his pockets. just like, wah, wah. You know? i got to
2: get me one of those.
5: Oh, dude. you <laughs> got to get yourself a Roadcaster, man. These things are fantastic. Love it.
2: We used to do, uh, when we were in the studio, we would have, like, Keenan and Kel bits. <laughs> Just, like, you know, hits from that. And that was, like, my favorite thing to do in the studio. <laughs> Just play those Keenan awesome. and Kel bits, man.
5: I keep Love forgetting how much older I am than you guys. You're like, man, my first... Philly season was 93. I was like, son of a bitch, I was <laughs> graduating high school. <laughs> well,
2: the funny thing is I had just started playing baseball, too, because yeah, I guess my parents wanted me to at least do something outside of the house. So I was like, I'll try baseball. And I fell in love with it. So yeah. it was like the same year um, I started watching the Phillies. So it just kind of worked out. Thankfully, it worked out uh, for Not me. A magical year, and my first, my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania six. So... Yeah, I didn't watch it live, but I watched it. My babysitter and her family were huge wrestling fans. So when I would stay over there, they got me into it. And WrestleMania six, I was like, wow, like, this
5: is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah.
2: So
3: we, we've been to WrestleMania since 1999. And the, the whole week leading up is like a big deal. They have the Access Convention. They have all, all the independent shows surrounding the event. I'm sure you've probably taken part in a couple here and there. In, in in the last you know in the last decade and a half that we have had these big independent shows surrounding uh, WrestleMania, what was the week like back in '99, especially for a WWF talent? I'm sure you probably were. I don't know how were you busy? Were you doing a lot of radio hits, a lot of interviews? And after that, we got to talk about the WrestleMania Rage Party because we did a <laughs> deep dive on that back in like well, last August,
4: right. and
3: we're still like wondering what the hell was that. But first, talk about the week leading up. <laughs> Just what was that? What was that like for you and the other guys too? How was it hectic? Was it not so hectic? You know, did you have a good time, What was it like?
5: It was. It was pretty much just like. It almost felt like you were just doing. I mean, WrestleMania is a big thing, but you kind of felt like you're just leading up to another, you know, Monday Night Raw or whatever. I, I did an interview for the Philadelphia Inquirer or Daily News, whichever one. And, there, and, and uh, I think I saw the article uh, they, they did an article on the, you know, the hometown guy doing WrestleMania in his hometown and stuff like that. And then there was like the day before there was like a, a thing on a Saturday. We, uh, did a meet and greet on a boat and the, the boat went up and down to Delaware for a little bit. And we came back, yes. we had lunch and it was me and gold with a couple fans. And a fan was kind enough to send me an eight by 10 from that thing, or I would have totally forgot about it, but, uh, mm. pretty cool. But other than that, it was basically just, uh, Hanging out, and then, like you said, we did the Rage Party on Saturday night, and then the next day, you know, you show for for uh, WrestleMania like you're showing up for TVs. You know, yeah. it's just like, it felt like another TV, but hey, it's the biggest show of the year. <laughs>
4: right.
5: No pressure. Uh, <laughs> if you watch that WrestleMania, man, you, I'm, I'm breaking out in a sweat just from, you know, nerves and stuff like that, and my pain's wearing off, and you know, I'm just, I, you know, I was just like... I'm going to make sure they say my name, uh, <laughs> oh, they said it. lead, lead leading <laughs> up to it. I mean, it, it sounds so, I don't want to sound like, you know, so blah, but it felt like, you know, it's leading up to another TV and stuff like that, you know, which, you know, that, that, you know, uh, far into the business, you're kind of used to doing press and stuff like that, doing interviews. And so it was cool to be in the, the uh, inquire. You know, and in the photos, me uh, close lying Draws, who's another area native, so it was like a uh, PA on New Jersey crime uh, in the photo <laughs> right there. So yeah, uh, and it, it was really cool. It was, it was uh, you know, leading up to it and doing the uh, the lunch on the uh, the ship, and then doing the uh, doing the rage party.
3: Did you guys have like a loop ahead of time, like a, like a house show loop? Or was you just like here kind of for a couple of days leading up? I know nowadays they don't really have house shows leading up. Obviously they just here for the whole week and they just kind of hang out.
5: I, I would have to research that on history at WWF.com. But, uh, I, I think, I think we did that weekend's st- that week's TVs. Uh, you know, we did that raw and, uh, I think we went home. I don't think we had a, any house shows leading up to that. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm sure somebody will fact check me. Uh, but just going from memory, I, I believe we did that week's the go-home episodes of Raw leading up to WrestleMania, and then uh, we all went home. I, I'm, It might have been different for me, because I lived in Philly. Other talent from other cities might have had to come to Philly early, so maybe that's where I'm kind of losing the plot on that one, because I, gotcha. I just went home.
3: <laughs> <laughs> home <laughs> is
5: Philly, <laughs> where yeah, WrestleMania so, is. I, I'm sure other talent had to come to Philly to do... Press and stuff like that, but for me, it was just like being home, is, which was like the cool part. Sleeping in, you know, we I did WrestleMania, and I'm sleeping in my own bed at the night. You know, it's kind of cool. Uh,
3: but now we got to talk about this Rage Party because we, we watched <laughs> it. We did a deep dive on it.
2: Yeah, yes. that was our one of our very first ones too. It left the bar <laughs>
3: Yeah, and so, we, gotta, so we have me and you on talk about WrestleMania 15. We got to talk about the Rage Party. Yeah. Were you at the Rage Party? I'm assuming you were. Yeah. Yes at the convention center. Yes. What, what was the mood like? Cause it looked like on TV, it was just like a bunch of guys in the convention center, just hanging out in the middle of the convention center. And there'd be some wrestling stuff happening at the same time, like a promo, Vince McMahon dancing, uh, <laughs> Isaac Hayes, but like all this stuff is happening, but it's just a bunch of people standing, hanging out in the convention center trying to take me backstage or take me just what, what, what the hell was this
5: party? Ryan? I wish I could give you some excitement, something exciting about it. It's like, uh, they had, they, there was the big room with the convention and everything like that. It took up like a good portion of the convention center. And then there was like a green room in the back for the boys just to hang out. And it was kind of surreal because uh, that that night I met Zach Wild from Ozzy Osbourne band. who was He was hanging out because he's a big wrestling fan. And he brought the guys from his band, Black Label Society, just to hang out. And he wasn't even a performer. He was just there hanging out. Well, he was friends with security guy Jim Dotson. The uh for anybody. Is that
4: the
5: real the, muscular real, guy? Yeah, the real muscular guy who was always at ringside. He was the head of security for WWE, and yeah, he was uh, Jim Dotson was a huge metalhead, and uh, Zach being from Jersey, being local, he invited Zach out, and Zach was hanging out in the back with uh, the boys just watching. And there was a monitor, and there was catering, which is like, that's the joke. Like if you're not booked, you're you're hanging out catering. Yeah, that night I, I learned a lot about pesto sauce. Big uh, <laughs> shows eating this big plate of pasta. I'm like, what's that green stuff? Here? He goes, oh, it's pesto. I was like, oh, let me try it. You know, four plates later. You know, I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was slated to be on that rage party. This is how competitive, the, you know, WWE was at the time, you know, uh, especially dealing with live TV. You could be slated to be on the show. And last second to go, okay, your segment's cut. Mm -hmm. Because there was a a moment where me and Goldust and Ryan Shamrock were in the middle of the floor at the Rage Party with a camera crew and everything. And we're waiting to come back from commercial. And the fans are watching us. And I'm just standing there, like, waiting to go go into meanie mode. I was supposed to do, like, a sort of like a lap dance for Goldust to win his attention over Ryan Shamrock. (laughs) Yeah, like Ryan Shamrock was going to be like, you know, playing with his hair, or massaging him. I was supposed to, you know, dance like I'm trying to win his affection and stuff like that. And then like right as we're right, I'm like, in, like, you know, when you see somebody running a race during the go position at the starting blocks, I'm like in the starting blocks. And then the uh, producer goes, "Ah, oh, the segment got cut. Crap. So we have to just like turn off the lights and walk off. And I guess maybe the good part about that, the good part that came out of that is we're walking along and I'm walking side, side by side, turning to my right. And there's Isaac Hayes. I was like, Oh, Hey, Hey. And he shook his hand. And that was about it. I was like, son of a bitch. My camera's in my gear bag. I would have got a photo with Isaac Hayes, but, uh, man, it, it was an interesting show. Um, you know, I just remember hanging out and catering and watching most of it from catering and, uh, you know, uh, watching some of the bands play you know so there's a couple bands that were good you know then there you had your uh one hit one there's like there's a bang big mouth or something something was cherry poppin daddies was yeah. there yeah, and there was another band their, their album cover was somebody had the american flag tattooed on their tongue i'm trying to think of that band that is song think. They, i think they had a i that is song in varsity blues or something like that i'm going back to that i remember it yeah right performed
3: uh big pun and didn't say yeah. pop and daddy. So that's all I remember as far as musical acts. Like, I guess there were more, but I don't remember.
2: Do you remember, Nick? No, I just remember the chai pop and daddy's was like, well, I, I and then so that's all I remember.
5: I think these guys were the dark men. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you there, there's festivities off air as well. Yeah, I was going like to ask you how really how long really was that party? Was it an all day thing or like pretty uh, much? a Well, I know. I wouldn't say all day. It was a, it was a pretty much an all night thing. Yeah. Well, not like it was not only at, on not TV after hours, But, you know, it, uh, I, I, it was long enough for them to make money off concessions, which, uh, you know, uh, justified renting out the convention center for, an, for a night, you know. So, you yeah. know, they they had a bar and stuff like that. And guys were getting lit up and having some uh, daddy sodas and stuff nice. like that. So, you know, it, 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 it was crazy on TV for whoever it was on TV. It was fun off air, too. You know, so let's. Let's get to the show now, and let's provide some context a little bit, because
3: context is that WWF, at this point, was crushing things, everything, attendance, ratings, I mean, everything is flying off the shelves, merchandise, everything is selling, it's yeah. a hot product on TV, meaning you're right in the thick of it, so, you know, obviously you were ECW in this heyday, but what was it like being with WWF at that point in time, when Steve Austin's at his peak, the Rock is at his peak, I mean, we're, we're not even into the probably the best part the attitude there i think the best part was 2000 when they had like edge and christian and and the tag teams and all that stuff but what was it like for you being a part of a product that high at that level too
5: dude i was very fortunate um you know i was part of ecw during their hottest period from like 96 to 98 and then you know it just it seemed like stance where i get the call to go to wwe in 98 to 2000 you know which in some ways was the hottest era. it's all a matter of opinion and taste right. and stuff like that. There's no wrong answer, whatever makes you happy. You know what? what I say, but uh, it was very cool, man. Uh, you know, they're they there's doing TV in ECW where a lot of it's, uh, you know, uh, you record it and they, you know, edit it and post. And then, you know, we start doing live TVs around, you know, uh, barely legal. And that's when we start getting, t- you know, tasted doing live TV. And when we did you know, ECW invaded raw, but then you go to WWE and there's that pressure every week of live TV. Well, at that point it was we'd do a live Monday Night Raw and then on Tuesday we would do the following week's Raw. Right, and then right. eventually, you know, the pressure became to do. You know, Eric Bischoff put the pressure on. You know, give him all the credit. You know, he's given away WWE's. You know, uh, the match. You know, the wins and losses. You know, the uh, the finishes on monday nitro okay this week they're taped you know so so the pressure became to do live every week so that pressure of just doing live tv every week i hear stories about like you know how back in the day when people used to you know work on saturday night live and they're working hard to get their bit on air you know what i'm saying when you're there in that era it's you're you're working hard just to get a match on raw right right. sometimes you get you know relegated to like a heat or a, a metal you know, or something like that, which is fine. Uh, nope. and not knocking anything, but like as a performer, you want to be on that live raw. You know, because you know, ten seconds on a raw, you know, y- your life changes. You know, I remember going to WWE. I would go to Walmart down there on Delaware Ave, and I'm like, Are people following me. <laughs> you know, wow. I, would get, I would get like for ECW, I would get noticed. Yeah, you know, out in the, out in the wild, and then but like you now you're walking through Walmart. And you're, you've, you have that sixth sense of where you feel like you're being followed or watched. Some people call it paranoia. But, like, you know, you're walking down an aisle, and you're, like, side-eyeing. And then, like, you stop, and the person down at the other end of the aisle who's going down that aisle stops. And you start walking, they start walking kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like man, WWE's TV's got some reach. Because I live here, and you know, I was on TV every week in Philly, and none of this stuff happened. You know, kids are knocking at your door. You know, ask, wow. So stuff like that, which I'm not complaining. Uh, a lot of those kids wound up uh, becoming adults and, you know, I meet them out in the wild and they remind me about that. So it's all cool, but yeah, being WWE in that era, my God, the fact that I'm still here in 2021 talking to y'all about, you know, things I did in WWE with WrestleMania 15. I mean, it, it had staying power. Um, but like, yeah, man, I went to, I went and watched at a, uh, yeah, you know, like I said I wanted to prep myself for this and rewatch WrestleMania 15 and I mean they did a lot of hot shotting in that era too because of the pressure of live TV and having right. a direct competition. You know, uh now they and when, when TV was really a war between WWE and WCW, now they try to do the whole Wednesday night wars but with NXT and AEW. I was like, "Can't really be a war if you're fighting over decimal points." You know, Damn. uh speak on it. Seriously, back in the day, you know, Raw and Nitro, they were doing eight point whatevers, nine point whatevers, and now it's you're you're fighting over point oh five whatever, you know, uh, calculus. You want to <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever, Whoever got fourth, got the derivative of yeah, it's not a war, uh, but that yeah, that's my uh, soapbox. But uh, back in the day when it was a real war and you felt real pressure to not only beat the competition but pressure as yourself as a performer to get that airtime because this is the money maker right here you know i know we're on audio but i'm making a square around my face for the, the my co-host here you know this is the moneymaker your face you want that on that monday night raw so yeah uh long story short on your uh, answer <laughs> or short story long long story short whichever you prefer yeah there's a lot of pressure man yeah to get on that live tv
3: the wwe intercontinental championship Yes. We got Road Dog defending against Ken Shamrock, Val Venus, and Goldust, but with Goldust as the man of the hour, the Tower of Power. He's like, said <laughs> to be sour. The Blue Meanie. Meanie Savage. Oh. <laughs> not yet, but the Blue Meanie with Ryan Shamrock as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, so Meanie, take me, walk me through it. What's it like when you're at that curtain, you're at the gorilla position, and you walk out, and it's WrestleMania?
5: Dude, you could tell I was excited because I ran out well before Goldust and wound up having to stop in my tracks <laughs> and go, oh, yeah, Goldust is like 20 feet behind me. And you see me kind of stand still and Goldust walks by me and I start, you know, bitching at Ryan Shamrock, who I'm jealous of because Goldust is showing her more attention than myself at the time. Uh, Yeah, man. Uh just talk about, you know, thankfully, I, I had prior, prior experience, you know, with doing live events, but, you know, you you're live on WrestleMania, man. And you know how many eyeball, I mean, there's, you know, over 20,000 people in attendance. I'm sure somebody affected me. Well, actually the paid attendance was, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's millions of people watching at home and then there's the pressure of, you know, you're sitting in the locker room and you hear somebody go, yeah, this is the highest paid, you know, highest purchased WrestleMania ever to the to date, you know, for shoot. And you're just like, oh man, don't screw up. Don't screw up. And, uh, my whole point was like, to, you know, I'm not in the match, but I want to be acknowledged during the match, but also doing it in a way where I'm not taking away from the match. So there's a plenty of times where I knew where I had to position myself, not only for myself, but for Ryan, uh, because she had a spot, you know, towards the end of the match. And I had to kind of make sure and not, you know, as she wasn't capable of remembering kind of coach her along on stuff to do. Where if, if you're watching me at ringside, and you kind of see me side speaking out of the side of my mouth. All right, here, you, know, this, uh, you know, kind of, you know, coach her along and stuff like that. But, um, uh, it's important, you know, there's a lost art to being like a manager or a second or a valet in uh wrestling, because you gotta also be a part of the match. But like I said, not take away from the match. And there's kind of a couple of times when they're like near falls and stuff like that. I kind of make it look like I want to sneak into the ring and be mischievous. And and thank God, you know, you yeah, have Lawler on the on the mic, you know, be able to pick up on that. Because See that? Eddie hit the blue mini trying to slide in the ring, you know, stuff like that. You <laughs> he, know, he just... definitely got his licks in on you on on, on
3: commentary. <laughs> he, he made sure to get his licks in on you a lot.
5: Fine by me, man. It's not... <laughs> it's, like you said, say what you want about I me? Mean, spell my name right. Or, you know, just say my name you know, say my name. And, uh, I made it a point for him. I was like, I'm not in this match, but they're going to be saying my name. And there's times where I would run by the announce table and just like, you know, you know, make a face at him. Like, (laughs) like, he's an idiot at ringside, you know, or whatever. Just say my name, you know? So, um, and again, I tried to do it in a way that didn't take away. And, uh, yeah, just nerve bundle of nerves, but good nerves. And they always say like, you know, if, if you go, you're about to go to the ring and you don't feel like a little bit of butterflies, then there's something wrong. And, you know, it, and it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're scared, but it means you care and, you know, and stuff like that. So like I said, hometown, uh, my hometown, biggest show of the year. And I'm in a feature match for the, uh, one of the major titles, dinner kind of on the title. It's awesome. You know, and then, you know, later on, you know, the next night, you know, we would be involved on Raw on a live Raw, you know, Goldust first, Road dog for the Intercontinental Belt, which, you know, I had a hand in, you know, the title changing hands the next night. So uh, I'm a part of that Intercontinental Intercontinental lineage, so to speak, you know. But th- on this night, you know, like I said, Super Bowls in my hometown, I'm a, I'm on the team, you know. I, I I'm getting them. I might not be in the uh, the uh, you know, the Philly special, but I'm uh, I'm on the line. I'm on the on the uh, the line of the defense or the offense, whichever you prefer. So, yeah, to use a sports analogy, you know, I I was going to make sure I made some kind of impact.
3: That's dope. You get to walk out there in your hometown, uh, take part in this match. Uh, Ryan Shamrock. Well, they had one. They had this weird like, was it the tag team rules? Like you can tag in and out of the match, which I found kind of weird. Uh,
5: yeah, I, I elimination didn't like, style. I didn't like the concept of the match. I thought, yeah, in my mind, it should have been like, a, you know. Like if every man for himself in the match, right? You know, rolling around, you know. Why would you, if you have the upper hand and you're you're just about to beat a guy? What do you? Why would you tag out to let somebody come in and potentially, you know, so, you know, benefit from the work you did? You know, <laughs>
2: this was, was this this was tactic. Was this an elimination match?
5: It was, it was elimination yes. match. Yeah. so it
2: was like before the fatal
5: four-way
2: concept really took over at least in wwe so I, I thought that was weird too i noticed like they called it a four corners match like it the 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 language was different so uh i guess that's how you know they wanted to book it but uh you know that's how it was i, I did five i was like oh yeah like It's never always been the Fatal 4-Way because now I'm so used to that. It's it's like it's never always been a triple threat. You know, it used to be like uh, three-way elimination matches. That was like huge at ECW. I know like uh, Paul Heyman did a lot of three-way dance elimination type matches. And that's what I liked. Even in WCW, I think they kind of did that, too. So uh, this was this was like different, you know, looking back and my First thought was, oh, this is a fatal four way, but no, it's a four corners elimination match, which is different. So, yeah, (laughs) not better, though,
5: (laughs) in my opinion. uh, uh,
2: Yeah, that's no,
5: (laughs) in in a way, this is kind of Vince's way of getting everybody a payday because you know, every now and then he would throw in the the battle royal to make sure everybody got a spot on Mania show. So, uh, how do we get more guys on the card so they could get this payoff? Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll do a four corners match and stuff like that. So, that's only logic I could think. You got to get
2: the meaning on the card find a
5: way hey man i'm not complaining uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not complaining uh again i i'm not a big fan of you know four corners where you tagging and out. You know, oh, i just did this spectacular move let me tag out so that somebody else can pin them right you know what i'm saying so uh yeah i'm not a big fan of that but i'm a big fan of uh being on wrestlemania so yeah. right there's All a there, at, uh, there's a 50 50 proposition right you're not gonna complain too
3: much when you when you, you know when you're on WrestleMania, it's like, four corners? You have eight corners. I don't give a damn. Just put, me on the, <laughs> put me on the card. Say my name. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> say my name, say my name, like Destiny's Child. Say my name, man. Just, just Absolutely, man. <laughs> Shame they weren't on a rage
5: party, you know? <laughs> uh,
3: eventually, Ryan Shamrock uh, grabs Goldust's leg by accident, calls him to lose and get pinned, and you and Goldust turn on Ryan Shamrock. So you pretty much get your wish as you know the character Blue Meanie He's like,
5: we Ixnay Ryan Shamrock, and it's just me and Goldie moving forward. So, yeah, man, I, I won his affection, you know, ah, ha, ha, I showed you and I'm just like, ha ha told you, told you she was no good. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> she, uh, cried off into the uh, sunset and, uh, me and Goldust may not have won, but uh, I won his affection. So That's uh, important. I, it's funny, you know, cause Goldust, I mean, didn't win the match. Road dog won the match, retained the title, but right. in that match, me and Goldust were the last two people on the screen leading, you know, throughout the, the match. So, we didn't win, but we, we kind of won, but we didn't win. So, to right. speak. you know, we, we were the last two walking off screen as far as that match was concerned.
3: Right. What was it like when you got backstage knowing that I just made an appearance at WrestleMania?
5: It was kind of like, you know, when you saw me invaded Raw, I get off stage and you kind of digest what just happened and get with all the parties involved and say thank you and, you know, and just uh, go over what we just did. It wasn't, we, we, we weren't, you know, too like, okay, you could have done this or that. It's just like, Hey, thank you. We made it through the match and, you know, kind of went about our, we kind of talked about the match for like a minute or two and then just kind of went our own ways. And I went to the locker room, got changed, wanted to watch the rest of the show. And like I said, there's a point where I, got changed and went up to the uh the family's lounge and watched some of the show from up there and then uh you know i don't want to seem like i you know i don't want to look like i slid out the back door so i went back down and some FaceTime amongst the uh the boys in the office i didn't, i don't want anybody go oh me there's matching and he left you know mm-hmm. uh, no 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 i just went up to say hi to my family and then yeah, I'm here again. So, you know, show some FaceTime in the locker room. So, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, just a matter of, you know, uh, absorbing it, digesting it and then realizing, you know, how big of a, a deal that was, stuff like that. But also balancing checking on family upstairs, make sure they're OK and then come back down and watch the rest of the show, which I think I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched from. Yeah, the, the TV locker rooms, you know, there's the main locker room where everybody gets dressed, and there's a TV locker room where they might do a backstage promo and stuff like that, where they got a monitor and stuff like that. Right. Like, I think I found one of the TV locker rooms where guys would float in and out and watch and stuff like that. So, you know, there, there, I think I, there was a moment where The Rock came in and started watching watching some of the show and, and stuff like that. And then he got he had to, you know, powder off and get ready for his match and stuff like that. So, okay.
3: yeah, that's dope. That's dope. That's a WrestleMania moment for Bloomy in <laughs> Philadelphia, and we got Donnie Wahlberg, not Mark, Donnie Wahlberg, <laughs> as a special ring announcer, and then we get Mr. Perfect as a special referee. Special, everybody's special.
4: But his well, outfit, Mr. yeah, Mark, his, his outfit,
3: outfit was, was not special. Not special. <laughs> <laughs> His fit was trash. And we love Mr. Perfect. You know, we love us and Mr. Perfect. Kurt Hennig, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? We, we got really nothing bad to say about Mr. Perfect. Except. <laughs> except his fit on this night. Which, like, he just broke right out of jail. and went Straight to WrestleMania.
2: <laughs> I, what the hell was uh, he wearing, bro? Maybe his worst professional decision in, in uh, his career. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. between this and the big suit he wore at what was that Uh, what show did we just watch recently with him and he was out there with Triple H and um, it was like Gold Dust or something like that what show was that it was a show we watched not that long ago oh, oh man it's, that's oh alive, uh, Buried
2: Alive, alive. It
3: had, yeah it was Buried Alive and he wore this gigantic suit <laughs> that was literally <laughs> yeah. too big for him which was that was the norm back in like 96 but yeah didn't look good. yeah Yeah, Yeah, still didn't look good. Um, But then we got Donnie Wahlberg doing the ring announcing, and he's trying to act like Joe Cool. (laughs) It's like get out of here, Donnie Wahlberg. Nobody asked you to be here, except WWF. Like (laughs) nobody wants you here. Nobody wants you here. From Atlanta, GA, it's Lex Luger (laughs) from Japan, Yokozuna. It's like shut the hell up, man. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Ah, your Donnie Wahlberg impresses better than my macho man. <laughs> is that not how he sounded though? He, I I picture it now. Absolutely. But like when I'm watching it, I, I don't pay attention to that, but, uh, you just, you jarred the memory and I, I'm like, Oh man, that is like how Shut he Shut
3: your sounds. ass up. This <laughs> is a white kid from Massachusetts. You know what's funny? You're not black. I, <laughs> You're
2: not cool. I think when, uh, was a top hat girl who said his name? Uh, it was like Dottie Wahlberg from NKOTB. Like they, they didn't want to say New Kids on the Block. They said NKOTB. So right. it's like they didn't. They didn't want to. I don't know if they rebranded to just be that. Or I think they rebranded. They, they were old they were by older now. Yeah, they weren't uh. kids
3: anymore. <laughs> they new guys <laughs> in the block or old guys in the yeah. block. I don't know. I think they still go around as NKOTB because I think okay. them and the Backstreet Boys still tour together.
2: Gotcha.
3: Well not now because of the pandemic, but before the pandemic, Maybe, yeah. they were torn together.
2: Oh, wow.
3: And they was look, I look, I can't hit on they were selling out shows too. Like people still like <laughs> New Kids in the Block and Backstreet Boys, especially the Backstreet Boys, obviously. But on this night, Dynamic Wahlberg sounded like a sucker. <laughs> like he was he, he's a good actor, but he sounds like a sucker on this show. <laughs> Yoko Zuna, y'all. For Milana G A, it's Lex luger everybody. Yeah, shut your ass up,
2: Mr. Perfect. Uh,
3: Mr. Perfect with Mr. Fuji <laughs> <laughs> with James E. Cornette. Shut <laughs> up. You get,
2: say the straight shooters with Vaughn Johnson and Nick Bacon, so I can put it in the intro. <laughs> <laughs>
3: listen to the straight shooters this Donnie Wahlberg from Wrestlemania 10 and you listening to Vaughn Johnson and Nick Pacone like the straight shooters (laughs) y'all that was great (laughs) and I just come in after that shut your ass up Donnie (laughs) or like Big Lebowski shut up Donnie
2: shut up! I'm writing down the timestamp so I, I, <laughs> I quit that. <laughs> I gotta do something with it.
3: <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Donnie Walker, get out of here bro. <sighs> so gonna toss them they toss him off? That what they had a little elevated platform right there so they could toss Jericho off?
2: Or are they gonna quit now?
3: They quit? Oh wow! They surrender, so Jericho will not get tossed off? I hope he still yeah, tosses he's them he's off. He's gonna
2: do it anyway. He but should, no he's bad guy. Uh, no interference, how about that? That's thought we were going to have something.
3: I'm shocked. Yeah.
2: Jericho has to take this bump, though.
3: Even though he probably shouldn't take this bump, but he has to.
2: Yeah, I mean, he can't tease that and then <laughs> not do it. Uh, they did have that elevated platform out there, so he better jump. And, right. Uh, you know, jump the right way.
3: <laughs> he's saying something to them. They're talking to each other. I mean, they shouldn't have shot that.
2: Probably, make it good.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like Dusty? And I
2: always say, make it
3: good. Yeah. Like Dusty. <laughs> like Dusty Rhodes? That's right. Probably shouldn't have shot him talking to MJF, but whatever.
2: <sighs> Kevin Dunn doing this? He's so? definitely
3: going down. Like th- That shot lets you know Jericho is falling off. Or is he going to
2: backdrop MJF on?
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, right through the plastic. <laughs> right through that plastic and into that padding.
2: <laughs> he fell on it in that day. Like, th- those bins that have like those uh floaty pieces. I don't even know what the hell they're called. He fell in one of them. That's hilarious. Oh. He almost overshot it.
3: <laughs> he did. He did almost shoot uh, overshoot and hit his head on the damn lighting. Uh, his, his eyes head. are
2: open. His eyes are open. He's okay. So he ain't dead. He's okay.
3: Yeah, he ain't dead. He's, He's
2: alright. All right. <laughs> well, it <laughs> it's, it's already it is, been stopped. It's man. over JR. Jeez.
3: It's already been stopped Jim Ross. <laughs>
2: Oh man.
3: That was dope.
2: (laughs) Jericho grabs the microphone and says Stupid idiot. (laughs) You're right. He's fine. We are nine fifty eight right now, so we're probably gonna track this a little bit. This is it. That was dope. Good bump by Jericho. Good good bump.
3: I mean, look at that. That is clearly plastic from up here.
2: (laughs) 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 They tried to paint it and like make it nice.
3: Right. I understand, like, you had to get that shot, but it also just made it look worse. But look, it was still a dope bump. I'm not going to take away from yeah, the bump, but it's yeah. just like. It's like there's you
2: know. no way to make it look real anymore in 2021. Like, there's just no way you can make it look real. Right. <laughs>
3: Unless you actually hurt people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you you're don't want to do. do that, no. Right. So it's Somebody okay. Said it's it's toss okay it tossed out, you know? Somebody said on Twitter, it tossed Jericho on the cardboard. <laughs> I said, the crowd isn't booing MJF, they're booing the finish. I don't know.
2: What are those things called? It like at gymnastics or something, or the uh, the trampoline place where you like jumping in. And they have like all these scattered pieces of foamy things, and you just land in it, almost like a ball oh, pit, but it. it's not balls. It's like those foam things. It. That's what it was. Uh,
3: do you feel a way that they didn't end in that inside the, the cage like a normal war games match?
2: Mm, that is interesting.
3: I see somebody say that uh, it should have ended in war games. I mean, yeah, not in working in the cage. Um, someone uh, else said that uh, <laughs> some steel plate breaking to show
2: particle board uh, for the
3: storyline purposes. That was dope. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like fantastic.
2: It wasn't a memorable but finish. You
3: also don't. You don't want to hurt nobody, <laughs> right? Dang, like this stuff hurts. Um, you don't want another Mick Foley situation. At the same time, it's it, <laughs> not as. <laughs> It's not it's not like the the whole uh what was it, the uh the the deathmatch ending. That right, was Right,
2: right, right. Woo <laughs> better than that. But you already Woo. had Jericho like opening his eyes a few times, you know that uh, you know, I wasn't listening to the commentary, I had it on mute, but I'm not sure how they played it up, but it's 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 not memorable for me. Like it's not a memorable ending for me. Okay, he fell off the top, whatever, but I mean, it was a good match, I enjoyed it. It, the War Games nature of it uh, brought me back a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to hate it. I like It was just underwhelming, but it didn't necessarily make it bad. But for something like that, it just wasn't memorable for me. And I think maybe that's a good thing, because the last time they ended a pay-per-view, that was memorable for all the wrong reasons.
3: <laughs> I agree that Owen and Brett, when I, when I think of King of the Ring, I instantly think of those two. And of course, Steve. I think Steve Austin had to be in there because of the promo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the uh most famous moment from a king of the ring (laughs) you know the, the the promo but um but speaking of the promo we get after the match austin walks up to the throne and cuts the promo that honestly changed his life now the coronation begins
0: let's take you up to doc hendricks doc go ahead all right ladies and gentlemen the fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Don't just talk about Earl Hebner. Ring, get him out of the WWF. Because (laughs) I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there, and you thump your Bible, and you say your prayers, and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says, I just whipped your ass. He is stone cold. Come on, that's not necessary.
5: All he's got
0: to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird. All right, stop. <laughs> And try to <laughs> back that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. All right, Stone Cold Steve Austin. As, <laughs> and his remarks.
2: It's <laughs> trying to move on. WWF Kings, right. Bans, rings,
0: matches considered, son. I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come, and when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.
2: Boom.
3: Obviously anything
2: but humble. <laughs> no the glass breaking. <laughs> <King> <laughs> right, ring, you usually hear the glass break, but not this time. Steve Austin. <laughs> and, he, and he started the bottom line.
3: You did? Then, right?
2: I believe so, so. I don't know if he used it before, but that feels like the first time he used it in that context. Like, right at the then, like, boom. Like, right. drop type moment. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah. You talk about money promo. It has to be, again, the promo changed his life. I mean, he went from, eventually, you know, just a guy who, yeah, he went King of the Ring to the biggest star in the business eventually. Didn't happen right away, but it happened eventually. And this has to be one of the most memorable promos of all time. We can all go back every year and point to the day that this promo took place. I see it on Twitter every year when June 23rd rolls around. You know, 20 years ago this day, or whatever. Austin coined the term Austin 316, and we'll see it again this year on June 23rd. Uh, it has to be one of the most impactful or best promos ever. It's up there with the Hard Times promo from Dusty Rhodes. You know, people always talk about Hard Times, Daddy. You know, this this has to be up there. As far as, especially as far as what came next.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the funny part is he was the real first King of the Ring that didn't wear any of the King of the Ring garb. He was like, get get that crap out of here. I (laughs) was just going to
3: mention that. He never put
2: on a robe or put on a crown, which only added to his character. Exactly. I think it added uh, a lot to it that I didn't really appreciate at that moment. Uh, it's not something I thought about. I wasn't like, oh, the, he's not wearing the crown. That's stupid. Like, he's king of the ring. Wear the crown. It was just like, that's not what Stone Cold Steve Austin does. And I was like, okay with it.
3: Because Triple H put it on next year. <laughs> he had the crown.
4: Yeah.
3: He had the rule. <laughs> Kurt <laughs> Angle <laughs> wore the <laughs> rule. I he beat mankind's he ass crown. with it, but...
2: <laughs> 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 he did put it on, though. You're right. <laughs>
3: um, but let's get into the rumors and the rumor innuendo, if you will... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's making people go buck wild on wrestling twitter uh, number one is that Sean Russap, as we said earlier uh, is reporting that CM Punk yes everybody's favorite wrestler who hasn't wrestled in 7 years he's in talks to wrestle again or at least join AEW Not all of the wrestlers <clears throat> hey man that's just, that's just word on the street. And we both are fans of Sean Ross Sapp. He's been on the show in the past. like to have you back on in the future, uh, Sean. Um, but, yeah, that's a big deal. I trust, like I said, again, I trust Sean Ross Sapp and his sources. He He's a reputable reporter. Uh, so I don't think that uh, he, you know, that's, when there's smoke, there's fire, so to speak, right? I think there's some smoke there, and CM Punk is potentially interested in a return to pro wrestling, not for the WWE, not for World Wrestling Entertainment, but for all elite wrestling. Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, and the boys down there in Jacksonville. The other rumor slash report, really, this this is this turned this was a rumor. Now it's turned into a full-fledged like it's happening type of thing. According to Cassidy Haynes of BodySlam.net. Uh, Daniel Bryan has already signed with All Elite Wrestling. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> right? <laughs> those are appropriate drops, man. Like, those are appropriate sound bites. So, not talks. We're past talks. He has signed the dotted line, and they are in talks, I guess, for plans. Like, how they're going to present them the star, the star. That's what diehard WWE fans are saying right now. <laughs> Good God, not Daniel Bryan. The Yes Movement. <laughs> not the Yes Movement. Not the voice of the voiceless.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine, like, this? Why do they need all need nicknames? I hate that. Like, just, just be Daniel Bryan. Just be CM Punk, man. I but know it's a WWE see, thing. Like, you don't need to be, you don't have a nickname for every damn thing. The monster among men, Braun Strowman. Like, get out of here with that. The lunatic fringe. Like, no one cares about nicknames.
3: Right. I'd imagine it would be <laughs> Brian Danielson in AEW. Yeah, that'd be great. I would be Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryan, for all intents and purposes, is a stupid name. Even though that's a name that most people know him by now. It's not a terrible name.
2: Like mean, could have yeah, just I, I, stuck with his real name, but Daniel Bryan's got a nice reversed ring reversed to it. Just reversed his name. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it, though.
3: It's all right. It's all right.
2: Hey, Daniel uh, Bryan, no relation- Luke, do you want to go to AEW? Yes. Yes. Oh,
3: yes! Apparently, <laughs> no relation to Luke Bryan, brother. I don't think anybody's ever clarified that over the <laughs> years. <laughs> um, but we're here to clarify that now here on the Straight Shooters. But um, I mean, obviously. This is a big deal. These are two stars. That, I mean, they, was, they were known in wrestling before WWE, but once they got on WWE TV and really got took off, really finally got the ball from WWE, and WWE is very reluctant in pretty much both cases, uh, they flourished. And their household names, at least amongst uh, either, you know, the diehard wrestling fans or the casuals or whoever, you know, whatever that re- audience is, Daniel Bryan... I think Daniel Bryan is known, you know, just for the yes stuff, and CM Punk has fought in UFC, so his name rings bells, Uh, and Daniel Bryan is a big deal alone, you know, former world champion, main event at WrestleMania multiple times, won the title and all that, came back from the injury, is married to Brie Bella, which is, believe it or not, that's a massive deal, when you're talking about, like, outside uh, of wrestling eyeballs, being married to a Bella twin is a big deal. Excuse me. Um, but then you got CM Punk, who hasn't wrestled in seven years. Who I think the last time he was even in a wrestling ring, he was under a mask on an independent show, <laughs> allegedly. So at least the last time we saw him in there. Uh, so AEW, I'm sure, is coughing up a large chunk of change uh, to get him if he is, you know, interested uh they don't have a salary cap like the jaguars do so the Khan family can just cough up the money (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) no no salary cap uh involved uh but yeah i mean it goes without saying this is a massive deal right i don't now you said it it can shift the balance of power but what does that mean really i I mean mean, they're not gonna make they're not making more money than wwe so but they could but they could potentially get
2: more viewers when we talk in comparison to wwe those are the names that can legitimately compete john moxley is great uh he might him and chris jericho might be the top names they have right now but cm punk and daniel bryan are a whole another level kenny omega is up there but i don't think he's like at the the name at the level that he can like compete with eyeballs uh you know do people it, say they were head to head? You know, I, I'm thinking in terms of like WCW versus WWF in the '90s. What ch- if it, there was only one choice you can make at that time and one channel? You didn't have two TVs, you didn't have DVR, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have any of that. What would you choose to watch first? And if you put CM Punk and Daniel Bryan on that roster of AEW, it's a there's a better chance you're going to watch that AEW show. Than a WWE show at this point, uh, just based on the star power, uh, with the creative that goes on, AEW's is a lot, you know, more lenient with their wrestlers in terms of their creative direction. At least, at least they listen more, I should say. Like from all intents and purposes, what we hear in interviews and how accepting uh, the decision makers and Tony Khan seem to be when it comes to creative directions for wrestlers, and a lot of them get that leeway to kind of do with their character i'm sure that's what matt hardy did when he realized that broken matt hardy wasn't working at aew i know it was during the pandemic with no fans uh, and then little fans that it, it just wasn't hitting so he changed it completely and i that's like matt hardy that's not tony khan telling him you know like what to do and kind of like like vince would do so I think that, those are the names that can legitimately compete with eyeballs. Uh, I don't think Kenny Omega is a name that can compete with eyeballs at this point. You know, it's just because WWE is so cemented in wrestling.
3: Yeah, if you, if you want to compete with WWE, if you, I mean, they, they're seriously, they are competing with WWE now. I'm not saying that they're not in WWE's league. They are, from a viewership standpoint, from a revenue standpoint, no, I don't, it's not, right. it's not going to happen anytime soon. It could happen one day, but right. WWE is still they're breaking records as, far as profits. There's still the the known name in professional wrestling with the flag bearer. Whether you like it or not, that's just how it is. And you know, it might be unfortunate, but that's just how it is. The AEW they could pass them to viewers, but from just a um, just a notoriety standpoint, from an impression standpoint, WWE still got it right. Yeah, when talk about and they still have the connections that. They built over the course of decades. AEW they have connections because they got a billionaire family backing it, but (laughs) WWE has you know is deeply rooted, especially in this country. Uh, But if you're going to even if you're going to make WWE nervous, which they I think they already have kind of because that's the reason why they were giving away those long term contracts before the pandemic. They didn't want those guys to go to AEW. Then the pandemic hit. That was their reason to cut to to release everybody. Yeah. But now, you know, in this in this day and age, in this day and time, here in July 2021, if you say, oh, we're we, we coming after WWE, the one name to get is CM Punk. That's the one name that's going to make people go, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. the the game has changed. Does it mean the AEW is, is, is all of a sudden consistently beating WWE as far as viewers? Probably, maybe, possibly. Does it mean they're selling more tickets in WWE? Potentially. <laughs> you know, I mean, especially if AEW starts running bigger buildings, which they have not quite yet. Uh, I know they got the Arthur Ashe Stadium. That's one, that's one building they're doing. Mm. Uh, but usually they're running, like, the midsize, maybe maybe 8 to 10, no more than about that range uh, as far as the buildings they're running. More often, probably, like, 5,000 to 7,000 they're running. But they're packing in the people in these buildings with WWE's running, like, NBA, NHL arenas, which hold, some of them can hold up to 20,000, and they're probably not putting half of it in there, uh, the people in there, so the point I'm trying to make is that if you're really seriously trying to, you know, say we are the big dog, we are the other big dog on the block in pro wrestling, at least here in North America, CM Punk is a guy you gotta get, and and, and kudos to AEW, like, look, we gotta get him, we're gonna get him, (laughs) and the the fact they're in talks means something, so... It's time. <laughs> it's time. Yeah, it's time. It's, it's, you got to do it.
2: Especially getting those, getting Daniel Bryan and Sam Puck at the same time, give or right. take, you know, a few weeks. I don't know if they would debut the same night, but uh, I think you would space it out. But, you know, with this coming out today, you know, it's it, it, it's, it's kind of rejuvenated a lot of wrestling fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see
3: what it means for is like, the business as a whole you know will there will it mean that wrestling is back in the mainstream consciousness again we'll see about that because we don't know if, you know that's a whole different ball of wax in my opinion because and it's almost like they have
2: to deliver because if they don't come back to AEW, if cm punk's not aw if daniel bryan's not an aw like a lot of people are going to be upset
3: yeah but yeah that's true i mean i saw somebody tweet that today is like if people if they're not at all out then what the people are going to be mad I wrote down, you know, the match itself, you know, you've probably seen the match. A lot of things happened, obviously. But the one thing I've really, one thing that really stood out to me in watching this match is that it's really a shame that we didn't get more between Bret Hart and Steve Austin. They just fit so well together as opponents. I mean, we got the Survivor Series match in 96. We got the WrestleMania match, which is I mean, one of the greatest matches, one of the greatest stories ever told in pro wrestling. The double switch is probably the most difficult thing to do in pro wrestling. Uh, from a wrestler standpoint, from a from a booking standpoint, it's at, at that level, WWF did it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it hasn't been replicated since. And I don't know if it ever will be. It just, it's that hard to do the way they did it. And have it take off the way it did as well. But just in the ring and just as rivals, they fit so well. Because if Brett had stayed past Survivor Series 97, which, I mean, obviously he, he was never going to do that, regardless of the screw job, because he signed a contract with WCW. But let's say Vince was able to honor his contract and Brett Hart was able to stay. You could easily run that match back with Brett being the heel of the United States, and he was only grown as a heel by the day. And you have Brett and Steve Austin... As the babyface, who was only growing as a babyface by the day, especially in the United States and and in Canada too. Let's not let's not trip. Like he was, he had fans in Canada. They didn't want to turn on Brett, but they liked they liked Steve Austin. Okay, okay. everybody likes yeah. Steve Austin. So you could have flipped the script with those two. Where in, in obviously '96, '97, at least in the beginning of that match in '97 and WrestleMania, Austin was a heel, Brett was a babyface, and at the end of that night, they switched. But they didn't really have the run with Brett as the heel and Austin as the babyface, which the matches would have still, I think, still would have been just as good. The stories could have been just as compelling. The roles would have been flipped. And again, it's just a shame that we didn't get more of that into 98 and then potentially even 99. Like, I thought it could have been dope.
2: It could have been one of the greatest rivalries in wrestling history. Yeah. Um, I remember being kind of, uh, I don't want to say disappointed, but I, like, Austin going into a feud with Owen kind of let the wind down in my sails. It it was kind of like, oh well, they don't view him as important anymore. Like he's in a feud with Owen. Like why? Like Mm -hmm. to me, the feud with Brett was the headline, and then getting into a feud with Owen. Like I understood what they're doing now, but you know, you almost kind of wonder, are they playing with fire by putting him back down and just waiting until WrestleMania? You know, hopefully, and then obviously Austin got hurt, so you had to wait. But at this point. You know, the fact that, you know, they they basically decided they're going to wait till WrestleMania. You just hope it doesn't fizzle out. So I think they're lucky in a way that it didn't fizzle out. But I think the industry was in a position to where it kind of would, probably wouldn't fizzle out that quickly. You know, without the Internet, you still have plenty of TV, plenty of time to build Austin back up after his feud with Owen. So, I mean, it worked out, obviously, but... Yeah, him him and Brett like, that was the main thing for me. That was the main, like, I'm talking these weekend shows, Livewire, Superstars, whatever. Undertaker wasn't always the lead story when he was champion. It was, like, Austin, Brett, the Hart Foundation. Like, they would always lead with that, which is why I remember that the most, which is why I was so into it at the time. And now, looking back, like, it was, like, even though Nitro was so hot, WW was so hot and I was I wasn't really paying that much attention to WWF like that was what I paid attention to because when I would watch like, you know, obviously Live Wire, they would lead off with that. So that was, you know, that was it. That was the main thing. So The Undertaker being the champion wasn't like a big deal to me at the time. So when you had Austin go into the feud with Owen, I was kind of like, "Damn, like what are they doing? This kind of sucks."
3: You talk about Ring of Honor and, of course, talking about, uh, you know, being pretty much, you know, th- there's honor in the promotion. And that's why you wanted to sign there. But they also provide you that freedom. And you, your thing right now is freeing the narrative. Uh, what does that mean to you? Like kind of extrapolate on free the narrative.
1: I don't know. Have you watched
3: it? I have. But I, I want to hear in your words from people out there who haven't.
6: Did you, did you watch the whole feature with, uh, where I fought back
1: Cardona? I did not. Oh, then, then you just lied to
3: me. I watched some of it. I know I'm familiar so, with it.
1: Uh, some of it, how? I didn't put anything available besides purchasing it and some or two or three clips online. But you have to pay to see, like, no, no. What does it mean? You just, no, read the fucking website. Free the okay. narrative. Free, alright, control your narrative is to tell your story. You think there's freedom in wrestling no matter what company you work for, that you're. That there's creative freedom. There's not, because you're always doing somebody else's bidding. You're only lining the pockets of billionaires. So even if they dangle this false carrot of creative, oh, you're allowed to, you don't have to follow a script, but just make sure you say that's not freedom. People want freedom. Talent are striving for freedom to be themselves, to find themselves, to fight for themselves. And they don't get that anywhere else. They come to the narrative. They walk in, they think they're the the wrestler from the TV wrestler. No, they walk out, they're a changed man. So if you watched it, freethenarrative.com, the initial feature featuring me and Matt Cardona, he walked in, like he was walking in to any sort of wrestling match with his nostalgia and his toys of the past, and he walked out a completely different human being, and you saw that completely different human being what? Become the king of death matches all of a sudden. That's what the narrative does. The narrative changes people. The narrative is about taking back control, fighting for your freedom, and finding your purpose. And that's what I'm going to do with one of the biggest names in wrestling today, Adam Scher. This man is a former WWE champion. This dude beat Goldberg at WrestleMania. And where's his very first fight? He's so dead set i learning to finally be himself after years of being told who he should be, that he's coming to me. Nobody else. No three-letter brand. Think about the magnitude of that. Can you? Comprehend it. Then, don't lie to me ever again, watch Free the Narrative, and then pre-order Free the Narrative 2, October 1st, 2021. That's all on www.freethenarrative.com.
3: I shall check it out. And I'm not lying to you when I say that. I will watch Free the Narrative too.
1: And one thing I learned about life, too, is, like, you know, you just got to be honest. You just have to, like, so we had a little contention there. That was good. It made it interesting, right? It could have been, like, you know, we could have just been playing it back and forth, like, you know, we're all cool here. We're all cool. And that's the thing about wrestling, too. Oh, we're all friends. Everyone's good. No. There's people I hate, and people pay money to see people that hate each other fight. And people love conflict, and we had a conflict, and that increased interest. And through that interest, you gained my respect, because you kind of fired back at me, and I know I gained your respect putting you in your place. It was awesome. That's art, and that's what's missing from wrestling.
3: Also feeling good about the fact that Big E is the new WWE Champion which of course happened this past Monday night. Uh, he announced that he's going to, he's intending on cashing in beforehand, uh, which I think was from a promotional standpoint a smart move. I know some people are, oh, what about the surprise? What about the surprise? Well, if you want to, if you want to pop a rating or a t- attempt to, because I don't think WWE actually did pop a rating <laughs> on this show, uh, the third hour, I believe, did pretty good, which was the hour that Big E was going to cash in more than likely anyway. But the rest of the show, people didn't really care for. Understandable, because why would you care for it? But uh, from a promotional standpoint, though, saying it ahead of time is the smart play, right? And not only did he cash in, he actually won. And now he is the fourth black person to win the specifically the WWE championship. And two of those guys, half of those guys are now from the New Day which is pretty wild. Of course, you got The Rock, Kofi Kingston, Bobby Lashley, and of course now, Big E. Uh, you got thoughts? Big E being the new WWE champion?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it. we thought, well, at least I did when Bobby Lashley beat The Biz, it was kind of out of nowhere, but then they, uh, you know, it was on a random Raw before WrestleMania, and then they kind of just let him have a pretty good run with it, and I think uh, it's better to do this type of stuff. I know we're so used to seeing it on pay per views through the years, but I think TV is more important than ever when it comes to wrestling and having these moments on TV, where literally more eyeballs are going to see it as it happens live. Uh, it was a good play, especially when you had Biggie tweet out that he was going to cash it in. So it wasn't, you know, like a dastardly heel move. He was just kind of like he came out in the beginning of the show. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to, you know, cash this in. And I know some people out there would prefer like more of a babyface type of cash in for someone like Big E, but uh Big e's like he's been around so long that it's all almost felt like a Bobby Lashley winning the title who who's been around forever. He left WWE and then came back and he was like sulking in the mid card and bad angles until, you know, finally they were just like, All right, screw it. But Big E's really like I don't know the last time he really had that type of storyline or angle that Bobby Lashley had to deal with before his run. Uh, he's just kind of, like, been so popular and won Intercontinental titles and stuff like that, and then won the money back and just cashed it in and became champ. So I think he's, like, always been beloved after his initial run with Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee and stuff like that, so... This is kind of like a unique feeling uh, finally having a baby champion after I know Drew McIntyre held the belt for, for a long time. But, you know, with, with fans, it's different. And in front of fans, we haven't seen like a baby champion in almost a year and a half or actually over a year and a half now. So uh, I think it was awesome. Yeah, you know, I thought it was awesome seeing Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston come in the ring and celebrate with him just like they did at WrestleMania when Kofi Kingston won it. Uh as far as we know right now, Biggie's on Raw as the part of the New Day again as WWE champion. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do with him. I know throughout the years, especially in the early years, we were kind of like, all right, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes in WWE always. They, they didn't miss once in dropping the ball. With whatever we were trying to just say, especially I know you were just all right. Let's see it play out. You know, let's see it play out. But I used to be like they, that, but they—they they yeah, they lost with me. Yeah, they lost your trust, of, and nobody would blame me for that. Uh, they lost my trust, and but now is I have that legitimate feeling back of I. I really hope they do good by him and have him. You know, have a great reign, and yeah, I think it's the perfect person to put it on to keep things interesting like people were bored with Bobby Lashley even though he had MVP I mean I'm bored of Raw to begin with just because it's not a good program Uh, they have good stuff on it but for three hours every Monday it's just not a good program so I think this might inject some life into it and uh I hope I hope I'm right
3: (laughs) for Big E this is dope like he seems like a like a good dude he's worked his butt off was not like on the independence working his butt off like some guys, but. was a pretty much a straight to WWE guy and worked at his craft and become hella talented man. Like, and the fact that it's just he just seems like good people, <laughs> you know, like yeah, Biggie. He just yeah. he just hope, happy for the guy, it's and like, he can he can get over as this kind of goofy guy who gets serious when he needs to. Yeah, right. Because he, he, he you can't
2: like, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say seems like somebody that. If you're the most cynical of cynics and you're trying to get, like, the worst story about Big E, the worst story about Big E is probably, like, he got pulled over for speeding or something. (laughs) Like, nothing. Like, he's a genuinely good dude who looks out for other people, looks out for his friends, and that's who he is.
3: And it just, like, it just worked out well for him. Like, how, like, you would thought that he probably would have been, like, a singles guy a long time ago. But... For whatever reason, it didn't work, and he joins New Day, and all of a sudden, it just takes off. And the fact that he can still kind of be himself, like I was talking earlier today with uh, a friend of ours on Twitter. I don't know if you, your friend, with him on Twitter, uh, John McMullen. I was talking with okay. him uh, at you know today at practice, the Eagles practice, and we were talking about like how Kenny Omega, who's hella talented, don't will ever say think that I don't I don't like Kenny Omega, especially in the ring. But his character is kind of the goofy, kind of playing a character villain, right? With the, with the silly facial hair and the silly outfits and the way he talks. And to me, it's like, ah, oh, I'm not in love with it. But he, then somebody would say, well, what about New Day? They're silly and goofy. He's like, yeah, but that's who they actually are. Like, they're not playing characters. Like, that's genuinely who they are. They don't feel like they're playing characters. And in fact, that Big E can get over as this big guy where everybody's been saying... If Biggie wants to be champion, he's got to change. He's got to change. That's what the old school thinking would be, right? Yeah. Got that big, got that strong. He's got to he's got to be a tough They've guy at
2: some point. They been uh pushing that on talking smack. Right. Like, they, well, they, was for sure Miz did. Or, uh, Paul Heyman. Paul he Heyman like, talked he about serious. Like, okay.
3: New Day was going to be a footnote in his career. If he wanted to be a world champion. Like pretty much what the shield is to Roman Reigns. Right? It's a footnote in all of their careers. Seth Rollins, Moxley, and now Roman Reigns. But it doesn't have to be apparently. He's bucking all the all the the stuff that all the conventional wisdom, so to speak, right? All convention. So that's dope for Big E. Really, really happy for him. And he you know he made history. He's forever and ever, no matter what they do with his title reign, which hopefully, you know, it's it's productive and you can get some stuff out of it. No matter what happens though, He's always going to be a WWE champion, and he's always going to be a black WWE champion, which there's only four. He's one of yeah. very few people, you know, to to say that they, they can do that. They've done that. So that's really cool and historic. But another thing, and I talked about this on Twitter, that I think it's worth a discussion worth having, and that the New Day has to be in a discussion for among the greatest factions of all time. Now, somebody asked me, like, well... Are they a faction? There's only three of them. And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't know there was. I know people kind of have like a general unwritten rule about like how many people are in a faction, but I don't think we have to even abide by it. Like, we don't have, it's not right. a steadfast rule that it has to be four and up to be a faction. Yeah, if it's two, that's a tag team, it's not a faction. But if it, I, I think you can start at three for a faction. I mean, when Evolution came back in 2014, there's only three guys. I don't think you just called them a trio. They were a faction for like a couple of
2: weeks. <laughs> the Shield
3: were they a faction? I don't. I mean, I would, I would call them a faction.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is uh, weird how you know some people want these certain guidelines in order. Well, they don't qualify for a faction because they have to be four or above. Like, no, like that's not how we're doing this. It's uh, you know the Due Day has been a faction since day one they were formed, and uh, I think and and i would call the fabulous freebirds a faction you know i would call demolition a faction when they added the third guy that's just how i am i i, I don't understand the right. calling it a tag team just for this like cuz you're so right. hell-bent and putting a line in the sand like does it really matter like just say faction yeah. it's, it's not fine.
3: it's not a it's not a law
2: <laughs> the NWA was a faction with three guys before they added the fourth so
3: like right before the giant yeah. came along that was yeah. a faction Right? Yeah. So, with that said, though, I think the New Day have to be in a discussion. I know some people are like, that's crazy. They, they're not better than DX, not better than NWO or the Four Horsemen. I think they're in a conversation, for a damn sure, when you got two of the three members are WWE champions, mm-hmm. and two of them, obviously they're all black, but like, they make up two of the four WWE champions that's ever existed, which obviously, side note, that's still a sad number, you yeah. know? Yeah. that's only been four, and the course of like 60 years but okay that's a conversation we've had before that's another conversation for another day this is a celebratory occasion mm-hmm. all <laughs> right but two of the three are ww champions and xavier could be a future ww champion could be king of the ring i know he wants to win king of the ring really bad he could be intercontinental champ there's still more to do i know that you can say well the shield all three of those guys won titles yeah all three of those guys won the title after they left the shield <laughs> like right right Once The Shield was done, that's when they won the titles. New Day has won, had all the success, not not to mention, of course, they're like 10, 11, I don't know how many times they've won tag titles, a bunch of times. They're the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history, and they've been together for seven years. How many groups have that longevity? That
2: should also be in consideration, because, yeah, yeah. DX was great, yeah, the NWO were great, but they lasted three, four years tops, you know? like right. New Day I mean, has transcended that.
3: Right, they've been together, They have longevity for nearly a decade. Uh, they've won a bunch of titles. They have influence, and they've won the two the most important title, WWE Championship, yeah. mind you. Uh, they have influence outside of wrestling. Xavier Woods is huge in the video game industry. Right, that YouTube channel, obviously up, up, down, down, and he's I know he was doing stuff with G Four not that long ago, and he's probably still doing stuff with them. I mean. They brought Wale into the fold, you know, they, you know, Biggie's song is by Wale, right? They have, you know, they have kind of transcended wrestling to a certain degree. I'm not saying they like the biggest stars in the history of the business, but to a certain degree, right?
2: Yeah, there there are a few that, you know, maybe a casual fan would recognize or uh, maybe not even a casual fan, but like because uh, they've been like out there uh right. you know a non-wrestling fan would recognize they were on wilding
3: three. out which th- I, th- they didn't do like a great job on wilding out but they were on that show <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. like they've been out here doing things i think they're they at least belong in the discussion oh by the way they've sold a lot of merchandise mm-hmm. if you want to say that oh they haven't sold enough, enough merchandise yeah they may not have sold as much many shirts as the nwo uh but they sold a lot especially for this time period you know, what I'm and they haven't really gotten it stale. People still like the new day. I know there's always gonna be a pocket of people, a person or two, like ah, whatever. <laughs> but for me, they're still. I still like the new day. I'm still rocking with them, and I can still go back and watch the old stuff and be like, man, that was funny.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. That's like dope. it holds up. It's not passe. Is uh, they try to reinvent themselves when they have to. Uh, or really, they, they might reinvent themselves when they don't have to and make it even better. And there, there's been, you know, moments of that throughout their seven-year run now. Uh, it's, it's been one of the craziest runs that, you know, I've been a part of as a wrestling fan just from when it started. And I'm just like, okay, it's like another team, blah, blah, blah. They are the only really team that's formulated like that that had this run. Like, I loved Evolution, but they're not as good as the New Day. Like, I mean, just because Triple H and Batista were part of it, Randy Orton, like, that was before. Like, we're talking about present day. Like, they're still together with Kofi Kingston and Big E being champions. So, no I think no that has members. something to do with that. Exactly.
3: They haven't added anyone. I mean, they've had, like, no. cameos. I think Kevin Owens is, like, part of them <laughs> for, like, a week or two, right?
2: But that's good because they, like, mentioned it and they, like, they are not trying to hide the fact Like they're like, okay, yeah, you can be a part of New Day for one week. Like They right. embrace that, and I think that has so much of a lasting effect where it almost seems like they don't take themselves too seriously, and maybe that's why they're so good and why we should take them seriously as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. last seven in years fa- in, in this era, like, right. unheard of. Unheard of.
3: You'd be lucky to make it a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> let alone seven. But the way
2: WWE TV's been this past decade plus, like, seven yeah. years? And multiple right. world titles? And then not right. to That's mention stupid. great uh, legendary tag team, but they right. run, it, like,
3: crazy. Could, when, you, when the New Day first got together, you would have never thought in a million years that two, uh, that any one of them would win a WWE title, let alone no. two? Two of them? Win the WWE right. championship? Get the hell out of here. You were like, they're not even going to be together that long. Right? And the fact that it's not only, you know, okay, you won the titles, but like it's elevated. It's pretty much saved their careers. Think about They yeah. were dead in the water. All three of those guys were yeah. nowhere before New Day. And all of a sudden, they get this group, they get together, they get this stupid name, but now they've made it. It's like, oh, yeah, New Day. Huh. It's and like normal.
2: Can, honestly... You can say like, oh, they backed into Kofi Kingston winning the title, but they kept it on him for six months. And I know the way they took it off him is bad. I'm not going to defend that, but they could have just had him lose the next month. I think even we talked about it, there were wrestling fans that are like, okay, they they gave him the win of Mania, so he's eventually going to lose. But they gave him a run of six months, and I know people got tired of it, but that's wrestling fickle fans. that I think they're always going to be like that. They're not going to change. Uh, especially when they're in that wrestling bubble that, you know, we've talked about.
3: The debut Wait, time of limit? They're the, doing the time oh, limit. Oh, that's a good finish. You know I love a good TV
4: time <laughs> limit.
2: <laughs> oh, I Danny, love it. Brian Danielson trying to just. So the referee was pointing out his watch, non-existent watch. I don't think he has one on, but I think he was just trying to say the time limit. I have the volume low, so I do not know if that's exactly what's going on. But that's what it right. se- seemed like. The ref was uh, saying draw time limit. So
3: I love man, yeah. you know I'm a sucker for. Yeah.
2: I thought he was calling it a DQ at first. I'm draw. like, you got to be kidding me, DQ? But how about that? This just literally sets the way for like a rematch between exactly. The
3: two. And that's what I've been saying for years about the time limit draw, oh. bro. <laughs> You don't have to beat any... Oh, 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 oh that's not right.
2: <laughs> triple triple superkick to Daniel Bryan. That's not right. By the Bucks and Adam Cole. The young Bucks,
3: outfits are terrible. Adam Cole is the best <laughs> dressed one of, of, of the three. <laughs> like, he's just wearing black jeans yeah. and a shirt and he looks normal. <laughs> but, you know, I love the time limit draw. You don't have to beat anybody. and You set up a future match. And they had a classic. Yeah. They had right. An absolute classic.
2: The best part is you could have a future match without the title in it like you still do a non-title just because you didn't have a winner here so you could still have Daniel Bryan trying to vie for a title shot by beating the champion I I like the story I think AEW can do that a lot better than WWE tries to do it so it gives me faith that they can do these wrestling stories where yeah sure if you beat the champion to get a title shot but it's kind of makes sense in the scheme of wrestling and It'll make more sense if AEW tries to tell the story than WWE because championship contenders matches are just... Uh, the way WWE books obviously leaves a lot to be desired. So good time limit draw. I love it. People obviously want to see more because they didn't see enough here. Uh, they gave them so many highlights during this match. And literally like people are going to be <laughs> clamoring for a rematch and they might not get it right away. Which is could be even better, because then it just builds the anticipation for an eventual rematch.
3: God, that was so good. That was perfectly done. AEW. <laughs> like you get all my stars. The match itself was great, <laughs> and we were sitting here talking about like, oh, you know, does Brian win because he's this is his first match? Kenny you know, no? Let's have a time limit draw, which is what WWE never does ever, ever. They don't believe in time limits. They would rather just beat a champion and then say, "Hey, you get a title shot now because you beat the champion." Like, come on! Then you just beat your champion? <laughs> time limit draws. I've, been, I've said it for multiple years in this podcast. A, a tool that just been tossed out of the toolbox by multiple wrestling promotions. Not just WWE. I don't. You don't hear about other promotions doing time limit draws. I love time limit draws.
2: And if people have followed your career uh they would see that everywhere you've been you've been a champion you've been uh, a champion in so many places and you're a champion now in mlw obviously the world title is the world title so where do you go from there say you win you win the world title where do you where does hammerstone go from there
6: um i think i have the same mindset that i had when i won the national openweight championship um it wasn't just about oh this belt's going to make me mean something. It's I'm going to make this belt mean something, um, and I, I like to think I elevated that championship. I like to think I made it a championship that people wanted to get. Um, and now it's going to be about elevating not only the MLW World Heavyweight Championship but MLW as a company. If uh, if I'm able to stand at the forefront of the company, if I'm able to represent the company as the top guy, um, then the job becomes mine to expand our brand to get more eyes on us to represent us in such a way that people are drawn to the company you know that translates into not only what i do in the ring but how i carry myself on social media how i carry myself outside the company but i want to take that title to japan i want to take it to mexico i want to take it to you know the uk i want to take it all over the world and really expand it as a world heavyweight championship
3: and then the masked man returns he comes back out and attempts to attack Hogan.
2: Wait a enough time to run down there, Tony, and stop him.
3: Somebody get him. time they to attack Hogan before he turned around.
2: No, he didn't. <laughs> I love the reveal, man. You love it. I love it. Oh my God. It's coming. He's got the man who came out from underneath. Oh, he takes it off and then just walks away. So, right. Kind of well, right. You don't want
3: to see it needed, Hogan? <laughs>
4: Hogan? Did not <laughs> you look like Darnst at all. I <laughs> thought he is. was.
2: right away right away oh
1: my god he thought I was a close friend. oh no oh no can you believe this brothers oh my god can you believe this can you believe this
3: hogan is stunned he cannot even they called yeah. this like it was like
2: a two brute like yeah oh. they really did Starting to rumble like an avalanche. And yeah,
4: boom! Here's John Cena. Oh my God!
2: Tony is so distraught right now.
3: This is embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I had, I had
2: the whole thing, but uh, I'll stop it there because uh, that's a
3: that's a uh, uh, yeah. blemish on Tony Schiavone's illustrious career. Yeah. Calling that with a straight face. Oh my
4: god! Can you believe a- Unbelievable! There's an avalanche
3: coming!
2: Oh my god.
3: <laughs> he went the from- building's starting to rumble! He went from calling Brother Brood-Eye being revealed like a goddamn episode of Scooby Doo. And I would have got away with it if was it wasn't for that meddling sting. <laughs> He called that like it was like the biggest betrayal in the history of mankind. The history. A2 eye Like, come on. <laughs> oh my God, can you believe this? Oh my God, no. And then he went to from that to the building's rumbling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he was like, like an avalanche. <laughs> like, like Just like an avalanche. <laughs> You've been in the avalanche, right? How many avalanches have <laughs> you been in? Not an Earthquake. Just an
3: avalanche. Like. You've been in part of an avalanche? I've never been in an avalanche before. Maybe Tony. I don't know. Maybe Tony's been in and survived multiple avalanches. We maybe. don't even know. Maybe. It is now time for the first of two encounters between the giant and Hulk Hogan.
0: Wait a minute, what are the rules, you have to Tell us,
3: brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the rules of this monster truck sumo match. They're pretty simple, actually. All you have to do. <laughs> Was push the other monster truck out of the circle, not. Don't worry about the flipping thing, like Tony Schiavone said earlier. That's stupid. No flipping. Just push him out of the circle, It's like a sumo match. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bischoff said on eighty three weeks that he thought this could be a net positive because it might help licensing and merchandise sales. Uh, but that was not the case. No, <laughs> that's not what's going to happen. Uh, bischoff himself though he tried really hard on this he was calling this like this is a super bowl all right you would have thought this is the biggest sporting event in the world uh but it wasn't it was just absurd number one
2: we can listen to it
3: all right but but it was not only absurd it was also boring (laughs) what the hell so go ahead, you can play it. They
2: were just like dancing with Joe each other pretty much. much. <laughs> this was boring <laughs> as hell. And now we
3: have the first ever. Like this was the best thing ever. <laughs>
4: The edge of the
2: building pretty sure they oh, have someone in the passenger truck seat with them as well here i think probably enough times
4: pilot
0: yeah. here.
3: But they tried
2: to hide i it.
0: tell you what this is to be like flying a space shuttle it is a <laughs> stunt because the, one guy has to steer the rear tires and take
3: care of the hydraulic flying a space guy, shuttle it's a the car still the, front axle, the transmission the uh,
0: uh, gas pedal the brake
2: so it's a battle in there it is a bellow, right now <laughs> Thanks,
3: is Bob. Hogan, taking the monster all the way back. Right. He is, he is pushing. He is. Look at, in. listen to Bischoff.
2: <laughs> he he is at the top of his life.
0: Here in Detroit for the last couple of days, and now you're getting an inside look. The monster. His
2: point of view. He is pushing Hogan back. Bischoff is
3: trying so hard, bro. He is. Edge, but again back This edge. sounds exciting where Bischoff <laughs> is calling it, but it's super boring. You just go back and, and forth
2: in the monster truck. Trying. Tethered together. Right.
5: Great job. We always expect Hogan to be slow and he never lets us down. That's how to
0: get keeping the action in the center. There you see our aerial cam. We have got a helicopter circling.
3: Little is so going Hogan left again, and right. We gotta tell you, we left five and then right.
0: Above, and you can see the flashing lights <laughs> just beyond that a brick wall, just beyond that is Winter Canada. And nothing in between it other than a parking lot and a river.
4: Oh look at this! Hogan is go. back. Hogan is back. They didn't get both tires. Oh out. my God! All the
0: way out before
2: they win. Walk it up. Only, that's right, only one set of wheels. <laughs>
0: and just you can hear the roar of these vehicles. Oh, oh If they weren't hooked together.
3: Oh my God! The salt How fast can one of these trucks go? Well,
0: they drive about hundred miles an hour, Bobby. But oh, look at this, Hogan now. Hogan just about out.
3: This is boring as hell. This is exciting. No it's not Bobby. Like
2: right after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> <The> right. What's <laughs> the
4: center? He may be trying to swing
2: him out of here, Bob. That's what he's doing. He didn't lie he, <laughs> about Hogan. They got Hogan. Hogan to the out 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 this Hogan going to Toronto's funniest part of this whole thing. And now Hogan going back again and I'll tell you what this dung in a Doom truck. It's
3: one frightening looking machine. But what would you expect? Oh my god.
0: I think Hogan's gonna have the horsepower to torque by the time we're through. We did a lot of work on this truck, and
3: uh he should witness. this. is, is that Bob right Bob Chandler is, is <laughs> giving all the analysis. <laughs> Look at this, Hogan I going back it. again. Hogan go back and we have a charge! We have a charge! They almost <laughs> got him all the way out. <laughs> What's the now, point of the charge? Random place charges and you can't tell Random place charges for the what? The What's the point? bro (laughs) they have ambulances this is exciting what do you have ambulances for if there's like they're safe as long as they don't go off the side of the damn thing oh yeah it's history all right you'll never see this again
2: And it'll never be done again.
3: <laughs> There's a reason why it wasn't done before.
0: It is. There's a lot going on with that size
3: and it's over. <laughs> the know you're that at fans are going wild. Yay! They <laughs> rang the bell for this? No, that he's was going
2: me. <laughs> oh. Well, we're going to have it right up on the roof. Wait a minute. Uh oh. No, there is no secure. We don't have enough security Uh-oh. up there. For this. I
3: thought you had ambulances, though. The roof. <laughs> no, 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 no,
4: no, no. No no, 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 no,
3: no, 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 Hogan, oh no, Oh, my God. Oh, my. Please go. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-
0: Somebody get him off of there. I get can't him look. off of there.
4: Oh. 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 Oh, no. Oh. No. <laughs> no oh, no. <laughs>
3: they need to shoot like an aerial shot in the river oh my god
0: yeah. oh it's
3: um, live house bro bro hogan reaches out to try to save the <laughs> giant he like does. he's gonna catch him and bring him up this 500 pound man with, just one, with
2: one with one hand Uh, that thing I said about your dad, I was lying, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, he, For now, he gets to go see his dad in heaven, brother. In the big wrestling ring in the sky, brother.
2: brother. For those of you that missed, this is what Hogan said before the match.
4: Brother, first it's machine against machine.
0: I'm going to push that giant right out of the circle, brother. And then I'm going to take him in the ring and lay him next to his father. Right here in Detroit,
2: brother. Maybe he just wanted to save him for the ring. <laughs> Wait, I gotta get my win, brother. You can't fall off the building. <laughs>
3: you got a job, brother. I gotta hit your leg drop first, and then you could die. It's just like I find it hysterical that they shot that body of water after he fell off, and then just like they didn't say anything. But it's just like I guess the giant is out there somewhere. Must <laughs> be. He's swimming. Hope he can swim. Right. <laughs> and then just like okay, we'll just move on now. We don't need the Ette anymore, <laughs> right? Bischoff was yelling to get security up there. It's like for what? Giant ain't up there no more. <laughs> like-
2: Hogan was like,
3: "Can I do Right? You did though. And he and it was like, "What side of the building did he fall off? Fall off of?" And Bischoff, you got a parking lot. You got a river. What difference does it make? <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 Somebody just apparently died. Like, what difference does it make? Parking lot or a river. Dead is dead. The deed is done.
2: This match. That might have been
1: a good
3: idea. If it wasn't such an awful idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Actually. Oh my god. This is so trash. i just never forget. Giant's big ass falling off. And Hogan reaching for him, no,
4: oh no,
2: help, help. They played this a little later, but this is perfect for this moment. I showed a replay.
5: Oh, He immediately ran for help.
0: Yeah, he's acting like he has a heart now, like he cared. (laughs) Threw a man off a roof, he don't care. He did not throw a man off a roof.
3: The wildest part about all of this is that it only gets more absurd. (laughs) You thought the monster truck, sumo match, on top of a building where a 500 pound man fell off the top and plunged to his death was absurd oh oh no (laughs) oh no this is only the beginning there is more absurdity
2: to come how come dallas gets a match like this all right oh or garland i should say
3: oh he's gonna buckshot himself look look look. no
2: (laughs) he did it he did it Lariat. But he didn't. Oh, he
3: didn't go for the cover. He's he going to go for the full one again. now?
2: Yeah. He realizes it's not effective. He's, <laughs> he's got to flip over times. the
3: rope. He's got to do the flip over is. the rope.
2: Oh, that's it. Oh! What God. a sell. What a sell by Brian Danielson. <laughs> but hey, now he's rolling over to the ropes. Oh my God. It's still now. That's it. that's it. That's the time right now? I believe so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The shooting really I can't anything. hear.
3: It, stop my, yeah. I can't hear it right now, but the time limit has expired. Sixty-minute time limit draw for the AEW. Was the World last World time we saw that on TV? <laughs> oh, it's been probably decades.
2: <laughs> Imagine Shotgun Saturday Night, a match going sixty minutes, the time limit, nineteen ninety-seven. Incredible.
3: Oh my dog's it. That's what I'm saying. My dog is a, like heavily in favor <laughs> of the sixty minute time limit
2: draw. The dog's like it's about damn time. Just got some good old wrestling. We have the nice uh we have the replays going on now, the nice uh where they bring in the water bottles and stuff, you know, a nice little reaction to the end of the match. We have the uh, people coming in checking on both these guys. You know, this is what I love. Like, it, it's wrestling, but it's also storytelling. You know, WWE wants to be all about entertainment and stories. Like, this tells a perfect story. I don't understand why they don't yeah. like it.
3: <laughs> Keeps. Yeah, like, it's just stuff that has been done how many times over the years? Yeah. And it's the same stuff that's been. This is done in the '80s. It's not like this is a brand new, yeah. uh, revolutionary type of thing. No, something that's been done countless times. And WWE's like, nah, that 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 stuff that actually worked thirty years ago. Nah, <laughs> we're not gonna use that. We're not gonna use that good stuff. We're gonna we're gonna get creative. That's right. Okay, and I love the draw, like, bro, like it's such an easy thing to have <laughs> somebody not lose and still keep it, o- keep them over.
2: Yeah, we keep, don't need keep them strong. A roll up, we don't need a roll up finish. We don't need distractions,
3: <laughs> right? Just hey, this is a tie, and both guys are strong. We're probably gonna see it again. And, and, if the match is good enough, like you had here, and you had the one with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, you build up a rematch. Now the anticipation is there. Like, I have to see these guys do it again. There has to be a winner. Uh, and the opening match for In Your House It's Time is a one-on-one contest between Leaf Cassidy and Flash Funk. Oh firewood.
0: Oh no, that's right.
3: Oh my god, Vince McMahon. Just say you're white without saying white. As
2: soon as I heard that, I was like, wait a second. Now we do deep dives almost every week on here, and I was like, I know he said that before. And so I went I knew it was that Survivor series, but I didn't realize it was during Flash Font's entrance. So he was literally trying to make this a thing with flash yes. funk because, uh, like, no one even said it. Like, I know that's right. Like, what, what's right, Vince? Like, what? What are you trying to do here?
3: Exactly. That's a, <laughs> like, I know that's right. That's a thing that black people do say. I know that's right. Well, oh, that's a for show right on something like that. Like, but like when you agree with something that somebody did, you know, I know that's right now. You know, what I'm saying like that's a thing that people say. But like. Out of context, like here, with Vince McMahon. It's just like white people, white people again. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he says in this boisterous gravelly. I know that's right. So it's like that's the catchphrase he came up with for Flash Funk. Uh, somebody must have told Vince, like, hey, this is something that black people that might connect with black people. Maybe Tuco Scorpio himself said that, like, hey, this could be my catchphrase, or some white person. <laughs> and, well, let's say this. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Prob probably.
3: Like Vince saw that in his mind, that's gonna be on T-shirts, that's gonna be on signs, maybe even people were gonna be chanting it from the crowd. I know that's right. I know that's right. Like
2: clap, 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 clap.
3: Right. I know that's right. <laughs> like, that's what wow. Vince had in his mind. Absolutely. Look, here's the thing. Vince tried to. He he tried, failed miserably, but he tried <laughs> to put some. He tried to push Scorpio. Right? He gave yeah. him the big entrance. He gave him the pyro. Yeah. It, but much like a lot of things, he was the shiny new toy that he got tired of. And I'm sure over time the girls went away, the pyro went away. He probably didn't even get an entrance by the time he got released. He was just like, <laughs> This watch funk, y'all. He he not have a coat, he didn't have a hat. You know what I'm saying? Like that we've seen that <laughs> dozens of times. Right? With Del Rio, it was the pyro, then the Nicar, and yeah. lost Ricardo Rodriguez. Then yep. you, it was one thing after another, they kind of shipped away. I'm sure that happened to Flash Funk. And, I, 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 like, I, I, the effort was there in the beginning, though. The problem was, Flash <laughs> Funk looked like something out of the 1970s in 1996. By 1996 standards, the way Flash Funk looked was outdated, bro. Mm. He looked like a pimp in the 70s. He did. He did. Like, my like, girl saw it. I was watching this. My girl saw this and was like, oh, he's a pimp with hoes. <laughs> I'm like, no, babe, that's Godfather. He's a pimp with hoes. Flash Funk is just he's he's all about positivity and having a good time. <laughs> like
2: it's funny, it's funny you mentioned that because when The Godfather first came on the scene with you know the pimp character, I was like, this guy like the this the motif looks familiar, like the hat and everything. And yeah. the only thing Flash Funk didn't have, or the only thing he, Godfather didn't have, was the the big coat. Uh, but he did like eventually have that down the road. Uh, but. Like, Flashwalk didn't have the cane, I guess. Like, that was the difference. I was just like, these presentations look similar to me, and I didn't even know anything about Pimpin or anything like that back then. I was just like, what? Like, what is going on? (laughs) Like, what is this character? Didn't know... like. Pimping, like, I had no clue what that was. I really did I know, like, you heard me say it's funny, right? Like, cause it I, is. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting the G on the end. Pimping. <laughs> Pimping
3: is not easy as I've, so, I've heard. No
2: contractions allowed. Pimping is not grapevine. easy.
3: Pimping is not easy. Uh, it's just, this is what this man thought black people dressed like in 1996. <laughs> Pretty much it. It's like, alright, we had a black guy He's pretty exciting. He's got some flashy moves. He's got some charisma. Put a hat with a brim on it. You know, fedora. Give him a fur coat. Give him those knee high boots that look like yeah, something a stripper man. would wear. Yeah. Uh, give him the the flashy suit. The 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 the, the uh, I don't know what you unitard for him that <laughs> like he was wearing. I don't know what you would call it. Give him some girls. He can dance too. Oh man, black guy that can dance and he dresses kind of flashy. Put his ass on TV today and we're going to push him i don't blame scorpio for taking the job and trying to get paid you got to get your money all right do what you got to do and this is like the only job that black people was getting in wrestling probably back in and what we know back in the day so i don't blame scorpio it is what it is but he had bills to pay but it's just like come on like this is this is the representation of black people to Vince mcmahon in 1996 again even by 1996 he looked outdated that's not how we dressed in 1996. That's not how we dress today. <laughs> <laughs> like Maybe the hat, but the the, the the coat that didn't go past his ribs. Come on now.
2: The boots, the boots. Yeah. Those what were, were yeah. those? I didn't like them uh, to begin with. And I, uh, I mean, my favorite, I, I will say when WWF went to Jack's uh, Pacific for their new action figures and like with the bone crunching <laughs> action, Flash Funk was my favorite action figure. They did go all out for his action figure, so I'll give him two that.
3: Two Scorpio. Let's give him his flowers for, like. Yes. He is dope. Like he was ahead of his time. Very much. Got so. his size to be doing four fifty splashes and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, he was amazing.
2: We certainly hope you have enjoyed some of these moments from the past year on the Straight Shooters podcast. Some other great moments include our exclusive interviews from Daniel Saint Germain of Wrestle Roasts from episode two seventy nine our interview with Ian Riccoboni, episode 293. We interviewed EC3 on episode 299. And we interviewed Major League Wrestling heavyweight champion Alexander Hammerstone just before he won the title on episode 303. And just recently, we interviewed the COO of SRG Universe, Griff Briggs, talked about Super Show The Game, the hot new card game on the market. There are plenty of great moments every week on the show. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us. You can subscribe to our Patreon to request your own deep dive for us to do for only two dollars a month at Patreon.com/slash Shooters Radio. You can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter and on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Shooters Radio. You can follow me at underscore picone on Twitter and read some of my stuff at PhillyInfluencer.com and follow Vaughn at Vaughn M Johnson. And follow his social media posts for the Philadelphia Eagles at Eagles. So for Vaughn Johnson, this is Nick McCone saying, We'll see you in 2022 for a live commentary of Danielson Page 2. Have a great new year, everybody.
4: Hey, Clavis! Wake up! The show's over! Oh, yeah! Kick it!